Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the uh, torrid Tyler Dean. Tyler Dean, Welcome. How are we doing? Oh my gosh, it's been a long two weeks. Long, long two weeks. It has. Yeah, it's almost two and a half. About two, two and, and a half. Two and a half weeks. Golly. See, it's off-season and stuff. It makes me, like, we're excited watching it, and at the same time, it's like, oh, we're going so long in between these things. I kind of hate it. Would you, would you say you're so excited you just can't hide it? Uh, and I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I want you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow... Um, Tyler, lots of free agency stuff going on. I know we covered um, day of free agency. We were on it. Uh, we had our, our breaking news stuff going oh, I'm on. I'm so glad not to hear that anymore. Uh, don't worry. It's going to be an every year thing. Well, I got a year to recover. Uh, Hopefully next year is a better one we can use. No, no. Th- th- I thought that one was pretty damn good. No, we, we can find better. You didn't like that? <laughs> I thought it was amazing. Anyway. You see the comments on it? No. As we're watching, it says like... Worst sound ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> sure. Uh, you enjoyed it. He, he's going to say he hated it, but he's going to go home and go, man, that was the coolest thing I ever had on the podcast. I literally have not listened to it since that show. <laughs> it's the reason why I haven't listened to that show back. <laughs> it was great. It was perfect. And, and we could hear everything perfectly without it being inputted, which was fabulous. Don't care. <sighs> Anyhow... Um, so free agency stuff going on. We had a, a several, like, it was like retirement week in the NFL, uh, several retirements over the course of the last couple of weeks here. Um, we've, we've had, uh, a coach step down from a, well, kind of a coach. He, he was kind of a front office guy, Greg Schiano. He steps down from the New England Patriots front office. Um, so Schiano out the door. Um, I mean, maybe he was wrapped up with Robert Kraft. I mean, who knows? He's the other guy. Is he the other guy? Or or maybe he was the masseuse. <laughs> Anyhow. I mean, you really want to get me started this again? Uh, I, I just want I, I can open up the floodgates for more. Now, look, you got your digs in. I at least had to get one one decent one in there. And um, we, we had that go on. But uh, first and foremost, I mean, Tyler, we're going to get into the good old retirements. And I want to talk about one of your guys, one of your favorites. And it was probably the coolest way to retire um, and to announce his retirement. Haloti Nada, he retires after 13 seasons, and he announces this whole thing at the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. That that was cool. <laughs> um, try um, looking at this from a, uh, a pure football standpoint, and uh, and uh, not as just a Raven standpoint. Um, this is a guy who's who's likely going to get in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. not first ballot. Um, if you'd have stayed in Ravens and continued the way he was playing with Ravens, yes, first ballot. But the uh, last few years of his career, I, I, it didn't nosedive, but it um it, it started to tank because he um he didn't have the benefit of having a uh, a good talented team around him a bit. So he's kind of just kind of trying to muscle through it on his own. Yeah, he he played uh pretty well with the Eagles. I, I think he he really in, enjoyed his time in Philadelphia. There, he he played um all right with the Lions. He wasn't incredible. Uh, they wanted him to be the the big guy that that kind of took the place of Mendomic and Sue, and it just didn't kind of work out that way. I th- I think Sue and and Nod are are different types of players, though. Absolutely, not Nada's not as shiny with the uh, um, shit ton of sacks. Nada yeah. was the guy who um, soaked in two to three linemen to allow 
the the edge rushers to get in and take care. Yeah, of Yeah, he was he was a good space uh, uh, space eater there, and he used to hit the running backs pretty well. It's, um, it's the kind of guy that, that um, people don't look at because they all those those stat guys. Yeah, they don't they don't see um the sacks. They they go eh. Yeah, it's it's not you know. And we were just talking about this when we were off the air. There there are certain players in certain positions that they're they're not exactly sexy. You know, it's you know an offensive lineman isn't exactly a sexy pickup in in free agency. But at the end of the day, they serve a very key purpose, just like Haloti Nada. You get those space-eating defensive tackles that are great at picking up runs, and what do they do? They, they, it's not a sexy position, but he stops that run and makes it very difficult for teams that have strong running games to get the job done. So, I mean, Haloti Nada, I agree with you. First ballot Hall of Famer to me. I, I think he, he was a hell of a player for a long, long time oh, yeah. to go 13 seasons. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm surprised he had the cardio strength to get to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro um, because the man looked like he needed a golf cart, you know, from one end to the other of the field. But he's able to block two guys at once. Mm-hmm. He, very big men. <laughs> he was. He just. I didn't think he had the cardio strength for something like that. But I digress. Nada. Yeah, he can do it one handed. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I. I, I think he's. Um, I think he's he's definitely a Hall of Fame guy. Another Hall of Fame guy that I think never got enough credit. He he was great in Seattle. He was great in, in New Orleans. And it's, I'm actually surprised to see him retiring is the center, Max Unger. Another not-so-sexy position, but... He's been, um, he's, he was great all those 10 years. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the best centers in the league, hands down. Uh, he goes and retires after 10 seasons. I think that guy is looking at a possible Hall of Fame uh, nomination, too. You get a... a Centers are are you know the they're the the captain of the offensive line there they're the guys that call the shots yep and um, Unger was one of the best at that and I'm surprised I'm I'm honest to God surprised that a guy like him is retiring at this stage because he's still playing at such a high level there's not a ton of injuries there so it it, it I, raises I the question he he wants to be able to enjoy his life he's made his money he just wants to enjoy it while he's while he's still healthy and and not crippled yeah yeah and he did, he did get paid very handsomely i, I think um i i think he he got paid this last season i think it was close to 10 million dollars per year um or in this last contract or like he, 10, he's 10 doing just fine yeah you know, oh he'll be fine for sure it's, it's sometimes i feel like these guys they get to their their 10 year mark and then they're like you know once they hit that ten year mark, they get that pension, they get that the, the lifetime health care from the NFL, and they they get all the love uh, for sticking around for a decade. And uh, he's one of those guys that that stuck around. Now, one guy that didn't stick around, and I'm surprised he didn't go to those those ten years. I felt like he had a little more left in the tank, but injuries no, he didn't. Have, injuries have he's taken the toll. Injury rid- ridden. Yep. Uh, Rob Gronkowski. That was the big one. He retires after nine seasons. Um, a lot of people saying he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and and he will be, um, especially when you're looking at the uh, class of uh, retirements this year. Yeah. Um. He's he's gonna go down as one of the one of the best Titans of all time. Um, he he definitely is one of those guys that helped um, re revolutionize the tight end position. Oh yeah. Um, that that new class because um, Tony Tony G and uh, a little bit of Gates were kind of those guys that were kind of the turn to more of those hybrid. Um, more Tony G and he he kind of was in the back end of the uh, years when it was a more of a blocking position, mm. and then as it turned into more of a passing position, Tony Tony um, I felt like uh, really uh, transformed over well. But your guys like Gronk and Jimmy Graham, those those are the guys that really helped him re-revolutionize it, being a pass catching position. And but you still had to be able to block. Yeah, and and Gronk with he had a lot of size. He was able to throw people around pretty well. 
Um, one one thing about Gronk and and that that I think it's the only thing that will stop him from being a first ballot Hall of Famer. Longevity. It, there's the longevity. You know, you had nine years in the league, and I I love that he had the nine years in the league. And we also have to understand he did play with arguably and a guy who many people argue is the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, he did have that under his belt, um, playing under two and un, arguably one of the greatest coaches of all time. On top of it, so I mean. Can you sit there and say that, that Gronk was a Hall of Famer? I mean, I think you can say he's a Hall of Famer. I don't think that's a question. First ballot, that's where the debate comes in. I don't know if he's first ballot in my book. I, I think I think it's unfair to say that he's not a Hall of Famer just because of who he played with. That's like saying Jerry Rice isn't a Hall of Famer because of who he played with. You're right, understood. But Jerry Rice, bear in mind, Jerry Rice also had the longevity. Jerry Rice also played with Rich Gannon. He played with... Another Hall of Famer. Well, uh, did Gannon make the? I don't think he made well, the Hall of Fame. I mean, he had a will. comeback. I mean, he had a comeback. G- Gannon's here. a great quarterback. Um, is my they, point. They had Gannon. They had they had Steve. And understand he had Steve Young. He had Joe Montana. But at the end of the day, Jerry Rice, the longevity, I think, was a big factor there as well. Oh yeah, for sure. So I mean, it there there are large factors there. But Gronk, it's, he went, it's not his fault that he, I mean he's, he's retiring because of injury. Injury is it's not his fault. Yep, he could possibly go to the WWE, which would be cool for us. I mean, a couple of wrestlers like us. I mean, we we get to watch that, and you know, it's not like we don't pay attention to the bigs. You know, so that's that's an exciting thing. Could see Gronk in the WWE. I mean, he's got to heal up first, for Christ's sake. Especially if you're going to be on the road 365 days a year. That's that's insane. Um, another big guy that we had retired due to injury, T.J. Lang, the guard, ten seasons. He retires as a lion. Um, he goes from the Packers to the Lions, um, and and just concussions upon concussions upon concussions. Um, so what happens when you go train with Wes Welker? Does yeah. work out? <laughs> I mean, he he had uh, um, at one point such a scare where he got belted in the head and he couldn't talk and he was drooling on himself and he had his couldn't feel his arms at one point. I mean, there were there were all kinds of of concussion issues. I think Lang and, and is is on par with Welker for the amount of concussions he endured. Uh, throughout his career, we're we're talking, you know, what eight, nine concussions? I mean, it was some insane number. Oh yeah, and and the guy had no business on the field after that many concussions, and and I mean, uh, we were I was listening to to actually ninety seven one where they were they have Tuesdays with T J with T J Lang and and T J was was you know kind of thanking the fans and everything for all their love, but uh, T J I mean T J Lang was a great player, he's great great guard, um, but. It, it was health for him. I, I mean, he could be, I mean, really down the line, he could wind up being a Hall of Fame guy. He was great when he was in Green Bay, but there was just a ton of injuries there. Um, I like T.J. Lang. I wish he, he could continue to play. Lang, Lang was a great player. It's, yeah. it's unfortunate to see him go. Great pass blocker, great run blocker. He could do it all. Um, I like that one a lot. Uh, one guy that is um, kind of a cool retirement um, considering uh, what he did. Uh, for his team, uh, wide receiver Malcolm Mitchell retires. Um, the New England Patriots wide receiver that that helped them get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, he finally uh, goes out the door. Malcolm Mitchell's a hell of a player. He's a good player. A hell of a player. I thought he had a he had a long tenure um, ahead of him. I thought he was going to be sticking around a lot longer than he did, especially after they won a bowl. He doesn't stick around. He goes home. Um, Kind of sad. Uh, Brady used him pretty effectively as a weapon, um, especially uh, on those uh, red zone routes to, over to the corner of the end zone. He liked to use Malcolm Mitchell for that a lot. Malcolm Mitchell, he was a real tall guy too, and that's what he was real good for. 
Uh, another wide receiver that retires, wide receiver Jeremy Macklin retires after 10 seasons in the NFL. I'm sad to see him go, but it was time. He was slow. He's, he's, he hit a he hit a brick wall and slowed down quick. Yeah, it it was it was crazy because Macklin he got real hot in Philadelphia for a minute there, and then he went to the Chiefs and he got real hot with the Chiefs for a minute there, and then Tyreek Hill showed up, and we didn't hear much more of Jeremy Macklin. I think he went to your Ravens for a minute, and, and a lot of people thought that he, there was going to be a resurgence there in Baltimore, and it just it just wasn't there. It was nothing. He he didn't. He, I mean, he's gotten he's made his money. Like you said, he he made his money. Could, I think what the nail in the coffin is because he didn't sign with any anyone in, in 2018. No, he didn't. Because um, I think what the nail in the coffin was he he signed a three year deal in Baltimore, only lasted the one. Yep. Because because he's a mouthy guy too, mm-hmm. and uh, he and he's come out and said, "You all I need is a, is a is a quarterback that can get that can throw the deep ball and and I'll, I'll show you how great I can be." And what did he get in Baltimore? <clears> a guy who can throw, throw the, the deep, deep ball, ball. <laughs> and he didn't do shit. Yep, he didn't do anything. Um, and in. You know, I I, will, I really wanted Jeremy Macklin to continue to his career and, and do well. Um, Macklin doesn't live up to his expectations. He winds up leaving after ten seasons in the NFL, and uh, the longest tenured guy that uh, probably the most important one on this list, uh, punter Shane Leckler, retires after eighteen seasons in the NFL. Um, Leckler was a hell of a punter. He played with uh, the the Texans. Um, I mean, he's been around a long time. Great leg, knows how to pin guys within the ten. I mean, I, I like Shane Leckler. He's done I, I great for a long time, and uh, obviously he didn't play anywhere in 2018. Then, so right. it, it was when you see that happen, you you, can, you kind of get the sense that the retirement's coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, nobody wants to go and, and when you get to these older years, when you got guys that are, are punters and kickers that are hitting the the ass end of their career, especially, you start having to choke up those larger dollar amounts for single years and maybe two years and. You're not going to get those those five six year deals that you want out of a player, and um, you know you're going to have to wind up paying three four million, and and a lot of times you're just not willing to do that for a kicker or a punter. I'm not willing to do that for a kicker or a punter that's 22 23, let alone a kicker yeah. or a punter who's 35 36. Me and you have uh, different philosophies on on this. I, I think uh, legendary style kickers are worth that type of dollars, mm-hmm. but uh, for the most part, you're, you're talking what um. And at best, there's probably five in the league that are probably worth the four or five range. Yep. Yeah, I, I I don't think there's many. There's not many and in this league. Now, punters, I'll agree with you. I think there's even less punters that, that can consistently. Um, oh, really boot the ball? Yeah, really boot yeah. the ball and or uh, um, drop it in, in the 20 consist- on a consistent basis. Um, And, 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 may, and, and may, maybe some, I've just been, uh, what's the word I want? Um, you spoiled. Hate Spoiled over the last few seasons, given um, because Ravens are going to have the, the the best puncher kicker duo right now because mm. uh you got you got to watch uh um Sam Cook uh, as much um for the, kind of, not really the first time but kind of consistent basis watching that playoff game and he, right. he texted me at the game going wow this guy can boot yeah he he was really uh, pinning him well inside the the ten yard line and I I was pretty impressed with with the way that guy was doing it it, it was consistent yeah. I mean the, he the, was, the guy in uh. L.A. is really good, too, for the Rams. Uh, Hecker. Yep. Yep, Johnny Hecker. Uh, Hecker and Zerline is another great combo there. Yep. Now, um, we, we did have a guy get released. Um, he gets he gets sent out the door. I'm assuming a retirement is pending, but I think he still wants to play. The Raiders go out and release offensive tackle Donald Penn after 15 seasons. This guy is a huge um, factor for them. He's been around a long time. I, I, yeah. I think he's... Uh, <coughs> He's about done. 
Yeah, I, I think he's done. I mean, he really isn't that injury prone. Uh, he's a big boy, obviously. Um, it, it's going to be real tough for Derek Carr to be protected consistently without a player the caliber of Donald Penn on that team. At the same time, I completely understand where the Raiders are at. They're paying him a pretty penny to be there. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I'm not surprised. I can't sit there and tell you I'm surprised. They were they were fighting with this notion that they were going to keep Penn and then they were going to release Penn. I think he did have an injury this past year. Um, Donald Penn's a great player. He always has been. Um, if a team does pick him up, it's going to wind up being on a one year deal. He's not going to get any more than that. But one I would, year, um, um, partially starts it behind, um, help one of the younger guys um, right. build up and right. And and I would love to see Donald Penn have his one last year in the Sun. I think that would be really really cool. Donald Penn's a guy is one of those guys that you that I could you could see end up being a lineman coach. Yeah, he could be a lineman coach. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, I, th- I think he's a Hall of Fame lineman, and and I don't think people give a guy like that enough credit. He's been very good for a very 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 long time. So uh, there is that. Now we did have some uh, other news going on in the league. We we had some. Um, oh, we had one more retirement. I forgot to to mention this guy, Jordy Nelson. 11 years. He retires um, after having a failed season with the Raiders. He, he, he just wasn't the same after that injury. His last season in Green Bay was also a failed season. Yeah, the, the ACL tear. He had a failed season in Green Bay. Green Bay lets him go. Um, and it turned out to be the right move for Green Bay. They, they have Adams, who emerged as a great receiver. Now you got Jordan Nelson gone. He plays 11 seasons in the league. Nelson was great for that little that little period of time. The, the Packers are kind of a weird entity when it comes to receivers because they haven't had consistently top-tier receiver, like one guy, be the guy for a long time. I mean, you, you think Nelson about was that yeah, well, yeah, about 10 years. George, well, I don't know if he was a top guy for 10 years. Remember, he emerged after their Super Bowl victory, which is what, 2013? 2012? 09, I thought. No, 09 was the Saints. Then it was 10. So I, I'm going to go and look it up. But Nelson, I mean, he was only around with the Raiders. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking this up now because I forget. We, we always forget the years of these. Because yeah, uh, I, I, I know for sure they didn't win the Super Bowl since the Ravens did. So that was 12. 2011. So we're okay. talking 2011. So he had a four-year span. That's the thing. They don't have a guy that winds up being the number one receiver like a, um, a Jerry Rice. Well, I think they've had a good line of uh, succession here. You have, so you have Devontae Adams right now. Before that was Jordy Nelson. Before mm-hmm. that was Donald Driver. Uh, I wouldn't even say Driver. Uh, I would say Greg Jennings. Oh, Greg Jennings, too. I forgot about Greg, Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings. Um, and and really, Jennings, I mean, it, it's kind of interesting. Like, And I, I, I believe a guy like right now, I think we're seeing Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams could be the guy. I think he, he is could. the guy. I know. Where's the could be? I, I think he could be. Well, he could be that guy, that long-term guy. That 10, 11, 12-year receiver, you know, we don't see that in Green Bay a whole lot. Green Bay, they, I mean, they had Randall Cobb for a year, and they had Jordy Nelson for a year, they had a couple years. For 10. But they, he wasn't a number one there. He was. He was He was only a number one for three years. He wasn't a number one. I can't sit there and say he was a 10-year number one guy like Jerry Rice or Marvin Harrison. You know, I can't do that. Can, can you do that? I can't. Because the guy, he didn't emerge until after that 2011 Super Bowl. He had the one good game, which was that Super Bowl in, in 11. He was there from 12 to 13, 13 to 14, 14 to 15, right? So we're talking three years there. 
He had, he had, he had um, 4,000 plus yard seasons there. Four years, exactly. He's not a, a. Not in a row either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not a a monster player there. I, I don't I don't look at Jordy Nelson and go, oh, that's a Hall of Fame guy. No, I don't. I, he's not a Jerry Rice. He's not a Chris Carter. You know, he, he's not a, a Marvin Harrison. He's not. I can't. I can't say that. Can you? I, I I I see your point, but I mean he was that he was their guy. He was he was a number one. He was he was a number one, but but Green Bay has a track record for not maintaining a number one for a super long time. I mean it, it's been that way. Uh, they had they had Freeman and Brooks for a little while there. Freeman and Brooks they they were the number one, number two there, and they were kind of co number ones really because Freeman and Brooks used to have great seasons. But I digress. Jordy Nelson goes out the door. Um, had a had a a split second of stardom, I'll say. He had he had a four years of stardom, and that was about it. Uh, I is he Hall of Fame worthy? I don't think so. You? No, not this point. No. So um, now we did have some. We had we had the rule changes come up. We always have these team meetings at the end of every year. We do the team meetings. We we start talking about uh, uh, you know different rule changes and and things they want to see. People propose different rules, and they see how it goes. Um, we had two rules that fell to the wayside. The owners voted down. Denver attempted to change the onside kick rule to make it so a team could get one down. They basically would set it at a fourth and 15 from their own 35 to maintain possession of the ball after a score, which would eliminate the onside no, kick. No, not entirely. Not entirely. It would be done one time in the fourth quarter. Right. So but, this one was interesting because it, it did get voted down, but um, the couple days prior... The uh, competition committee, committee, um, everyone but one person voted yes. Mm-hmm. So kind of put everyone in friends like, oh boy, yes. here it comes. But then uh, a couple days later, the owners voted, which is what actually counts, and it got shot down hard. Yeah, it got shot down, and, and it was funny because everybody but, but one person voted yes. But then when the owners actually went through it, all, all the way around, everybody but one person voted no. And the only person that voted no were the, was the Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals did. Um, it, it was just it. I I get it. At the you same mean time, the only one that voted yes. The Bengals were the only one that voted yes. You said no. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, they, they yeah, were the, on the on the one prior at the, at the competition committee. It was uh, the Giants because uh, Mara came and said, I'm like, "What is this arena football?" <laughs> yeah, yep, that was the big one. I I I agree with. Uh, I agree with this being voted down. I I don't like that rule at you're, all. You're asking for more overtime and more ties with that. Mm-hmm. Asking for trouble. I, I don't. I, I'm not a fan. Uh, the Chiefs also proposed that overtime rules um, allow both teams to have a possession in overtime. Even agree. If, I agree on this. Even if a touchdown is scored on the first possession, um, I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna go the other way. I, I strongly disagree with this, um, and here's why. I mean, to me, college football is the best overtime rules in in in. in Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You should not start a team on the thirty yard line and say go score go score a touchdown. You should you should have to cover the entire football, the whole field. No, I, football. I, I, no, I agree. But the if way, that, if, the way the if, you're, if you're going the way college does it versus the way pro does it, I agree. The way college does it, but I, but in the terms that both teams get a possession, no matter what, I I don't think both teams should get a possession. Why? Um, Stop you, me you if you can. You shouldn't win a game based on a coin toss. Stop me if you can. Stop I mean, me if you can. I mean, really, I was okay, and, and you're really not winning based on a coin toss. I mean, if you're off, it depends. How good your defense? How good your offense? How good are you? 
You know, I mean, it, it doesn't... But if you're a team that, that is um, built on a strong offense, you don't get a chance to touch the ball. It's... Hey, you know what? You're built on a strong offense. Maybe you should work on your defense a little bit. Maybe your general manager is not doing his part. I think I think uh, both teams should get a possession, possession no matter what. I, I don't think that's the case. You you And, and really, I hated the, the rule, number one, I, I don't like the overtime rules currently. I, I hate the rule where if a field goal goes in, the other team gets a possession. Hate that. I hate the amount of time for the overtimes. I feel like if you're going to have an overtime, you need to go full 15-minute quarters. You should go into double overtime like it used to. You can't just have. Oh, so you a, want to get rid of ties? Yeah, I want to get rid of ties. We, we had how many ties did we have last year? We had a, a handful of them. Just two. It was just, it was just the first two weeks, though. But yeah, it, it's we, we. I'm tired of the ties. It's it's like putting lipstick on a pig. Who ma- Who cares? You know it. It. I hate it. Absolutely hate it. I want to get rid of ties. You should be doing the double overtime. You should be doing the single score rule. That's how it should work. It shouldn't work in in this way. Like it's like. I mean, what's next? Are we going to hand out participation pro trophies to the teams that that's, don't make the playoffs? That's not that, you're, you know, you're, that's, a, that's a completely different wormhole. No, no, you're 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 handing. You're basically like, oh well, you got your ass kicked in the overtime. Here, we'll hand you no. a shot to score on your own. Now. What I'm saying that's is, nonsense. every other sport, both teams get a possession no matter what. Every other sport, football's the only one's different. Well, in baseball, basketball, soccer, hockey. Who cares? Who cares? Are we, are we playing baseball? Are we going to have them go that's, out and play that, baseball? That, that's like saying that um that Michigan's uh, insurance rules, it's okay, but we're, we're the only team that does it, but it's okay. That's it. But hey, let's raise it. Hey, no, that's not. That's kind of a uh, hard thing to say, too. No, you're, when you're the only one doing something, you're doing something wrong. I don't think that's the case, because the NFL has is uh, the one over here outdoing Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball's revenue <laughs> is now. dropping heavily. So is, so is football. But not as heavily as Major League. Now... I, I I don't think every other team should you, – you shouldn't give the other team a possession. You go out there, you score, done. Game, set, and match. You know, it doesn't have to come down to, to a coin flip, as you said. I mean, if your team's as good as it is, or as it should be, then you should be able to stop them. You should. And the college football rules are friggin' horrible. Okay, team scores. You're gonna, eventually, you're going to have – you know, like I remember years ago, we had a game going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth – with teams just scoring at will, eventually they were. It was like seventy to sixty-eight or something. It was insane. They were just scoring these these amazing, crazy amount of points. You shouldn't have a a twenty-five, thirty-yard field to drive down the field. You should be playing full field overtime. Period. That's why college football's overtime is nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. Here, let me let me start in the red zone. But you're in the minority on that. I'm not the most. Of the, most of the world loves college overtime versus pro. College overtime. overtime is nonsense. It should be full field football all the time. Basketball. Let's just um do do the um do the do the do the ball in the air. First one to score a point wins the game. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that'd be the same thing as what football is doing. Well, not exactly. Football is a much different animal than it is than basketball. I mean, you're talking basketball. You're talking a hundred hundreds of points scored per game. Football. You're talking a touchdown. What I mean. 24, 14 games and things like that. It's much harder to score a touchdown in football than it is to score a basket in basketball. Hey, if or if the uh, first team on, in baseball scores a run, game over, don't, don't even give the second team a chance. Yep, yep, you're away. Screw you. It's actually pretty hard to, to score. Uh, um, actually pretty hard to score in, in baseball. And baseball is, is a different animal in itself. In football, you can actually intercept the ball and take it back for a walk-off touchdown. Baseball, you don't really have that opportunity. 
So that's be, that's be, why it'd baseball would be, be similar to a uh, triple play. That's why baseball requires, you know, uh, uh, both teams to get a possession because only teams the only way you can score in that situation is when you're on offense. So I mean, it's like comparing apples to oranges at that point. But in any case, that was one of the rules that that got looked at. It was uh, craziness. Now, blindside blocks, that was something that got uh, eliminated by the NFL owners um, as a majority of the concussions came on those kinds of blocks during the kickoffs. Um, I, I kind of agree with it. You know, I, on the other end, I'm kind of like, pay attention. You know, you're on a football field, pay attention. Um I see blindside blocks all the time. They, they, they. I, I think they outlawed them for for all part, all facets of the game. The problem with the blindside blocks is, and I saw a couple of them last year. Tight end goes crossing over the middle. Tight end gets blocked over the middle. Um, it, it kind of makes for for a, a a slippery slope. I'll say. Tight end, tight ends running. Oh shit! I see him completely fast. I'm, I'm going to look this way, make it look. I'm not paying attention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it 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 makes for a slippery slope. If your tight end is moving one way, I understand they're move, they're looking at the quarterback, but at the same time, those types of things are going to happen where the tight end is running in a specific direction and they get hammered. I guess I that let, I guess you got to let him catch the ball because he's not looking at me. Yeah, I mean, and and I I feel like that's a really slippery slope. I I I was kind of iffy on this one. Now, one thing that I do agree with. But again, slippery slope, and they're going to have to pay attention to it, and it's the rule that they changed. The owners voted to make the offensive and defensive pass interference non-calls, the non-calls, reviewable. Um, the way I would have changed this would have been including um, personal foul. Uh, plays. I, yeah, I, I'm good with yeah. anything that's 15 yards or more. Um the slippery slope comes in if you if you make it all penalties. Well, that's because that's there's, the there's thing. holding on everything. That's the thing. I, I feel like you're going to find a hold on every single play. And, oh, there and, is. And I think that that they, they just call the obvious ones. You're right. Or sometimes not. But that's <laughs> it. Well, and and that's where where we're starting to get a little nervous about it. Is is are we going to start calling them on every play? Are we going to start you know throwing the red red flag on every play? I think they should be able to challenge. You know, and and a lot of this comes down to the challenges. You should be able to challenge two plays per game. I think that's that's reasonable. Well, now you're at three if you get your two right. But. Well, and and no, I think it, without the three, I think you should be able to challenge two plays per game, and that be that. Because if you're going to allow penalties and stuff like that or non calls to be challenged, then you know, and and really, I mean, it, it, so I, I feel like the um, uh, AAF has a kind of right. Is that what it is? AAF. Yep. Um, I, I feel like they have a kind of right. They actually have a guy that is. Sitting in a booth, the sky judge. Yeah, and and he has these TV monitors on him for every play, and and he can see where every single guy is on the field. I mean, he, I mean, they're everywhere, and he goes, well, here's the play I'm looking at, and here's the one I've got, and this is what I think it is, and and he goes through and and basically dissects every play, and it's kind of cool. They they put the guy up on the screen, and they they let him. I mean, the fans can legitimately hear. Him break it down. I think the slippery slope with that is it turns into uh, every there's there's a little bit of more of a delay between every play because you're waiting for him to make. Uh, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, there's there's clear and obvious things where you can tell. Okay, this play was fine, you know, but but there there are ones where like you it's debatable, and I think a lot of this, the, I mean, a lot of this stuff came from 
you know, obviously the NFC Championship game where, where Nickel Roby Coleman got away with that, that egregious pass interference uh, against the Saints, um, just hammered the guy, didn't even play the ball, just, eh, here, I'm just going to belt him in the face and see how it works out. It was Michael Thomas, I believe he hit. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, I like I said, it's slippery slope. We'll see how it goes. Um, I guess the NFL, from my understanding, the NFL did look into other penalties to see if any other penalties uh, had a bearing on the game itself. And um, I yeah. think personal fouls are, wor- are worthy. Yeah, and and they they realized that that a lot of them aren't uh, um, uh, as imperative to the game's result. So I, I in, in like holds and things like that. I, I think that's well, where they come the, the way they at. worded it. I didn't like. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that just being this, but the way they worded it, I didn't like. They said, "Oh well, pass interference um is the is the call that that garners the most controversy." It, well, it garners well, the most impact on the game. I would also argue that roughing the passer has a big uh, controversy. To yeah. It too. Yeah. The the current the current quarterback hitting rules are are not um, very spectacular. Uh, I think I think they're. You know, you can't breathe on the guys unless you 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 know want a penalty. So <laughs> it's you we we see guys get hit all the time. Clay poor Clay Matthews was basically getting targeted by referees after a while. Oh, Clay Clay poked the quarterback. Let's let's throw the flag. Yeah, Burfick was ripping people's arms off and getting away yep, with it. Yep. So well, he I mean, got some fines. But. Yeah, he got he got some fines, but there were some occasions where were Burfick and a lot more. Burfick was a lot less the the quarterback as much as it was hammering the receivers over the middle and guys that were down. And oh, yeah, Her- Harrison was the quarterback. Oh, yeah, okay. Harrison was the quarterback Poor killer. McCoy. Oh, my gosh. It was just disgusting. And that was a non-call, wasn't it? It was a non-call. It was a, it was a non-call. It was I mean, granted, he did have the ball. He did. <laughs> he did. But, I mean, it was a non-call. Um, so we, we did have um, one one thing that, uh, that I did like, uh, and, and it was kind of cool to see, um, this this come across the thing, Gerard Mayo. I uh, we we see we we always talk about this like oh certain players would make really good coaches uh-huh. and here's one of the situations I think it's a good good move. Yeah, Gerard Mayo goes out. He joins the Patriots coaching staff as an assistant coach. Um, now I, this is great. Mayo, I mean he's he's good. He's going to be a Hall of Fame guy. He's been uh-huh. around for a long time. Um, he reminds me of Singletary in a way. Where he, I think he's going to be a great coach. He, he's got, he's an assistant coach right now. Uh, joins up with the Patriots um, as an assistant coach, but I think he's primarily focused in on the linebacking position. Um, I love it. I love it. I think Bill Belichick's got, and he knows Gerard Mayo. You know, and, and that's the he knows Gerard Mayo. If any, if he knows, if anybody knows him, it's friggin' Bill Belichick. And uh, I think Bill Belichick hit a home run here. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great, great thing for them. Uh, Mayo's been a great player. Now, a guy that didn't live up to his contract, apparently, this last season, and and I sort of agree with it. Um, Mike Zimmer goes out and says, Xavier Rhodes needs to play up to his contract, was the direct quote. Uh, Rhodes has since, in the last several uh, weeks, his Twitter likes show that he may be unhappy in Minnesota now. Um... Certain things saying that he needs uh, a fresh start. Um, he liked it, you know, things of that nature. Rose is very injury prone last season. He's got a big deal. Um, he, yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. He's, I mean, he's under a five year contract. 
He might be well, able that, to... Well, 2018 show that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can just sign deals and you, you can be traded next week. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> Giants. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, and then you got the Antonio Brown thing going well, that, on, but I digress. That was different. That, <laughs> that was Brown saying, nah, screw you. Yeah. Giants said, ah! We're done. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you later, you prima donna. But anyway, um, so here we go. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, I, I'm going to say I don't think it was smart for Mike Zimmer to go out and call out a star player. We'll start there. Am I wrong? It, 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 it can open up a can of worms. Mm -hmm. So you don't open those floodgates. We'll start there. Um, I understand the frustration. I understand the frustration in Minnesota. But you don't call out a star player. I mean, let's face the facts. So, I mean, Xavier Rhodes is a, a star corner. He's the kind of guy that you you um, you you keep happy. You signed him to a big friggin' contract, six years. You signed him to a big deal. You keep that guy happy. He's twenty eight years old. He's a shutdown corner. He's got good hands. He knows what he's doing. Guys are going to have down years. You don't have to hammer him on it. And it, but I mean, it is a little uh, red flagish that your down year is your first one after your contract. Yeah, and I get so it. So it could get worse. It could get worse. Well, we we'll have to see. But uh, if I but know, I if, agree. The sample size isn't big enough. Right, Mike Zimmer and and Rhodes was hampered with injuries. Well, we'll just say that and Rhodes was hampered with injuries this last year. I think he started uh, fourteen games out of the seventeen. So he was down for three games. He 16. had a, or sixteen. Yeah, 17 yes. weeks. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm, you, I'm sorry. There's a game you don't play, Scott. Yeah, you, you I, I do. This? You shut up. It's right? called a bye week? Yeah, shut up. But anyway, no, he, so, I mean, he, he he was down for a number of games this year. Um, hamstring injuries. He had knee injuries. He had calf injuries. We know that Rhodes was somewhat injury prone this year. We had a couple of games with Trey. Trey Waynes was the number one corner, which is terrifying to me. Um, the fact that the Vikings still have Trey Waynes hanging around on their roster for a $9 million price tag is... Just makes no one wants him. Oh my god! It just oof makes my blood boil. But yeah, it, and you thought these you guys were gonna get like a, what a first or second round pick out of him? No, you could have gotten a second or third rounder. You're gonna I, get you're gonna get a sixth round pick. Oh god, don't say that. Um, but here we are. Uh, Xavier Rhodes. He's he's apparently pretty pissed off, and we're gonna kind of you know keep track of that one. But uh, ultimately. Um, you know, Xavier Rhodes, I, I, we're, we're going to see how it plays out throughout the season. I think if Xavier Rhodes has a bad attitude, you could very well see him get traded midway through the season. Before that trade deadline rolls around, you could see Rhodes on the move. I don't think the Vikings was, are, would be crazy enough to do it. I think it would be crazy of them to do it because of the cap hit that they would, they would sustain. But, uh, I mean, you could see it just because of an attitude issue. You could. And, and You're that seeing could it more and more. Yep, and and that that's been with the emergence of guys like Holton Hill, Mackenzie Alexander played well last year. You had uh, and and I mean Trey Waynes, he he was he actually had an up year last year. He's not worth nine million dollars, but he had a very much an up year last year. So a guy like Trey Waynes, I mean, you can see the Vikings going a different direction if Xavier Rhodes doesn't get his act together as far as his attitude goes. So there's that. Um, now. We did have a uh, uh, something that got said by your head coach. His exact words, and I quote, the Browns have the most talented team in the AFC North. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Um, Is this – so it's interesting how, how, you, want to, how you want to take it. The, the, um, is he saying it just being straight up honest? Is he saying it to uh, 
get um to build that ego of the Browns to get them to do Browns things and have the most talented team and go six and six and ten? Um, is he trying to um rally up his own team? There's a lot of ways you can look at it. Is he trying to create lowered expectations if they underperform this year in order to maintain his deal? I believe that that's also the case. Yeah, but I and mean, they just re uh sign Harbaugh so hitting. He could go zero and sixteen this year, and, and he's still gonna have a job. I mean, uh, how long did they extend it for? Was it was it a four year deal or? I think it was five. Wow, wow! And it's a good. I mean, he's one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I, I we, we talked about this. It would have been stupid to fire him anyway because you're. I mean, you're you're getting ready to transition to a new era anyway. Yeah, no more, no more Joe Flacco, no more Joe but, Cool. But you you hear uh, you hear coaches say those types of things all the time, so. It, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I don't know. I mean, I it it sounds as though uh, he's worried. It sounds like he's worried, and I think he's worried that the the Cleveland Browns are going to rip him limb from limb this year. And I feel like if the Cleveland Browns rip him limb for limb, at least he's he can limb from yeah. limb. He he goes. Oh well, I, I the the one who should be more worried is uh, his rival over in Pittsburgh. Oh, Mr. Tomlin. Tomlin and the Steelers, I think, are in, a, in are in a rougher situation. Yeah, I think they're they're in a bad news bears issue here. You've got uh, Cleveland getting ready to roll. They're going to steamroll in Pittsburgh. You know who I feel bad for? Who's that? Juju. Why? He's a great player that's on a sinking ship. Yeah, yeah. He's a young, young player young too. Guy. He could be the guy though. He could be the Antonio I mean, Brown. He could turn it around, but I think he's going to need help. Hmm. He could need he help. Did, he did great be, being the guy with uh, having with not being the first look. But now he's going to be the first look. Defense is going to be watching him a lot more. I think he's going to have himself a great time. I think he's going to blow up this year. Now, um, we did have a little bit of draft news. Nothing major, but one of the big things when it came to the draft news, and, and I think it's kind of telling about where the first round is going to go, Cardinals Brass meets with Kyler Murray, and the Giants Brass has dinner with Dwayne Haskins, is this a sign of things to come, Tyler? I think it is. You think the Cardinals are going to take Kyler Murray number one overall? I, that's that's been the chatter. I think it's the way it's going to go. Yep. And do you think Dwayne Haskins is going to go to New York? Or are they going to wait for their Golden Goose and Justin Herbert next year? I I, I think they they don't want to take the chance of not being able to get Herbert. Yeah, they're yeah, going to go think. Haskins now. Yep. I, I think it would be smart. I, I think that's the the route they're going. There's a lot of uh, stuff going on in the draft, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, th- I think Kyler Murray, I, I, it's almost for sure going to go number one. I remember a month ago, I mean, it was almost a shoe in that Nick Bosa was going to go number one overall. And that was going to Nick Bosa is going to be a 49er and, and Kyler Murray is going to wind up, you know, sitting in the, uh, the number one spot and going to Arizona and Josh Rosen, the, the guy who we thought last year was the most pro ready quarterback in the draft is going to be a backup. In his second year. Now, are the Arizona Cardinals the new Cleveland Browns? Yes. <laughs> is that, is that where we're at? Um, I mean, Giants could be not far behind them. Yeah, <laughs> but, it could be a thing. Could be a thing. <laughs> they got no one to th- Eli's got no one to th- Eli or Haskins have no one for the ball to at this right. point. Right. Um, uh, just, a, just a bunch of... They, they have a plethora of journeyman receivers, but no one to really take the role of number one. No, nobody. They, they, they've got Larry Fitzgerald over there in, in but, Arizona. Ignoring, ignoring the uh, drafting Murray thing. We're going back to them drafting Bosa. Now that the free agency's end, do you know how how cool would it have been and how um, influential could it have been for Bosa to really gain experience? Um, um, sitting with Suggs. 
Yeah, Suggs, um, a, a a great pass rush guy, and, and now you got Bosa. You'd have Bosa coming in as a uh, outside lineman for two years. For two years, they would have had both of them. I think that I think that could have really helped Bosa just really hone in mm-hmm. um, what he what the difference he need. I mean, Bosa's going to come in; he's going to be a star. I'm not saying that he needs a veteran guy to make him a star, but being a great star already and coming in having a great veteran guy to sit behind could have been really cool and really great. Yeah, I think the only question when it comes to Bosa is just the health. I yeah. think, and I think that that may have played a factor in pushing him out of the number one when it comes to Murray. Um, I I feel like Murray's kind of an unproven talent. I feel like he's kind of like an RG three territory, where you you RG three played a year and they went ooh and ah and everybody drafted him and deemed him the savior. Kyler Murray same situation played a year everybody's ooh and ah and now we're talking about drafting him number one overall. I I I know people want to go after quarterbacks, and this this draft itself is not very big at quarterback. I think the next two guys you got are Will Greer and you got. Drew Locke. Those are the two guys you're you're looking at, and and both of them look like second and third round talent. So, I mean, and and actually, weirdly enough, speaking of which, we're talking about the Raiders. The Raiders have people have been saying the Raiders are going to move up in the draft to possibly take Drew Locke in the first round. That's the they rumor. They got two that's, picks. They don't need two. Yeah, that's well. That's what the the rumor is. They're gonna they're gonna sneak into the back into the first round, and they're gonna go after Drew Locke. Oh, so they're gonna do what Ravens did, basically. Yeah, right it, at the end. that's that's the the rumor um, is that they're looking to to snag Drew Locke in the first round. I don't think that's necessary. I think Drew Locke is is an early for early second rounder, but I mean, you're not gonna need to sneak back up into the first to get him. No, I mean the Cardinals are already gonna have their franchise guy if they take Kyler Murray. So what the hell do you need to do that for? I think that's silly, but if that's a thing, that would be something to behold. <laughs> you could see Drew Locke going in the first round. I don't think you will. Now, I don't think you will, but it, it could be a thing. And we also have to remember who has number 32. Come on. Who won the Super Bowl, Tyler? The Browns? <laughs> the, the Patriots are sitting at number 32, so we also have to understand that they're looking for the predecessor for Tom Brady. We have to understand that Brady, even though he says, oh, I am you know, going to be sticking around for a little bit, I, I'm calling BS. I think Brady wants one more bowl, and then he's going to be gone. I uh, I, uh, I disagree. I, I think Brady's delusional and thinks he can play till he's 50. You, you think he's going to be Gordy Howe? He's going to try. Gordy Howe of football? He's going to try. <laughs> he's he's going to play until his 50s? I mean, real, really, Brady, um, right now he's sitting at, at, what, 40 years old, 41, something like that. He, I, I think they're going to start looking for the predecessor. And that's, that's what oh, I think yeah, is going I, on. I, I could see, and I think they were trying to do that years ago with Mallet, and then they realized yep. that Brady's going to be around a lot longer than they thought. Yeah. Um, so they, I, could see them, I could see them taking Locke at 32. I mean, mm-hmm. we were talking about a second-round guy, 32 is not a bad place to go. Not, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, it's a small reach. It's a small reach for a decent player. Um, I think Locke is going to – I think he's probably one of the most underrated guys in this draft. I think I think Locke has a great arm. I don't think he's as accurate as I'd like him to be. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we're we going to see him go in, probably to New England. I, I think he's going to go that final pick. I think they're going to find the predecessor. I think Drew Locke, if they're not, if they're not looking at him now, then they're going to be looking at him in the second round to move up. Yeah. I think New England's staring at him. Could see it. So, I mean, there's that as well. So, possible Haskins to the Giants, possible Murray to the Cardinals, possible Locke to the Patriots. 
could be fun. Now, uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've got um, some signings going on around the league. We're going to come back here uh, after a quick break from after a word from our sponsors. We're going to go through the signings around the league. We're going to talk about uh, possible landing spots for guys like Indomitian Sue, who's still on the table. Kind of wild. Um, so we're, we're going to go over that. Plus, we had a blockbuster trade in a, a couple days ago. So uh, we're going to have some fun with that. And uh, we'll be back right here, right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. And I'm here with that guy. <laughs> the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. Uh, Tyler, you didn't miss your cue this time. I'm impressed. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So um, we've kind of gone around the league. We, we discussed some of the, the um, well, I guess larger stories, kind of, in a way. I mean, I, it almost seems like every story is a big story. Um, when we're talking off season here, isn't it? Yeah, it, in a way. In a way, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, a lot of a lot of big signings going on uh, this year. I mean, kind of. I, I would actually say one of the more star-studded uh, uh, free agency periods that we've seen in a couple of years. Mm, I disagree. Really? Uh, the last couple of seasons have all been pretty good. I feel like I feel like, I feel like um, we say this every year. Like, man, this is a really stacked. Um, Free agency. The last five years have just been insane. Mm -hmm. um, this year, I, I was the fact that the two biggest names in the wide receiver spot have been moved, and at running back, theoretically. Yeah, yeah, and really theoretically. I mean, we we don't know um, how Le'Veon is going to wind up turning out, but the fact that that those three have moved. That's why I'm saying. This is a huge, huge free agency class versus, I mean, first portion but, of the league but, year, really. But two of those weren't were really trades. done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, I mean, I guess from a a uh, trading and moving players around standpoint, and free agency and whatever the case, I mean, it's been a big one. It really has, right? I Quarterbacks mean, moving, um, guys who spent 15 years on one team moving. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco goes to Denver. I mean, big moves. Big moves. I mean, not so much Case Keenum getting moved, but Joe Flacco, sure. <laughs> um, we did have a lot of signings, though. We we went and so we, we kicked off free agency day. We we did free agency day that day, um, and we got to to enjoy some of those those big signings. Um that was that was several weeks ago. Now here we are two and a half weeks later, and 
they like a lot of big ones came pouring in um and and i mean going right down the line the, the first one that that came in um was a small one uh but it it got bigger from there uh the raiders signed the former lions and seahawks tight end luke wilson um one year deal they didn't inc- disclose the amount but um you know I, see here's my thing i like luke wilson i thought he did really well in seattle Oh yeah, he had a he had a decent time in Seattle. Is he a number one? Is he a number one tight end? I don't think so. I agree, but he's he's a good number two tight end. He's good for those those two tight end sets, um, and and he's a good blocking guy. Uh, is he a great pass catching tight end? Nah, he's not going to be a great passing tight pass catching tight end. But man, can that guy block? Um, I like Luke Wilson. Um, I think they're going to be able to get him on a discount. I thought it was a good signing for them. I think it gives Derek Carr an additional weapon that he didn't have last year, uh, even though he's not going to be some amazing, incredible thing. He's going to get him a couple red zone touchdowns? Yeah, probably. He's going to give him a couple red zone passes? Sure. He's going to give him a little couple short first downs? Sure. I think that's what Luke Wilson is there for. And he's going to block well for your running back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I got a little funny for you since we're talking tight ends. Mm-hmm. I was uh, watching the uh, one of the basketball games the other day. Mm-hmm. Watching with a couple of my buddies, yeah, and I, 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 so we talk about how there's a lot of tight ends. A lot of their big, your big name tight ends came from basketball, right? Julius Thomas, um, Julius Thomas, Tyler Eifert. I mean, the, um, Jordan Cameron. There's, there's about twelve of them, right? I think even Tony G came from basketball. I think so. But uh, so imagine how the draft world would change if tomorrow. Zion says, yeah, I'm going to the draft for football. <laughs> He'd become a tight end immediately? I think he'd be first-rounder. <laughs> you think so? You see how big that guy's built? Yeah, I mean, he's huge. He's quick. He's, he's built. He's fast. <laughs> That's why. But it does happen. I mean, granted, it's not normally the number one guy in the sport. It's normally like a middle-of-the-range kind of guy. But it, it, It's a valid point, though, that a lot of them are, are from basketball. I, and, you know, I never really thought about it. And then and then you started mentioning certain guys, it's like, yeah, there are a lot of them. There are a, lot of, a lot of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I don't think Gronk was, but Jimmy Graham was. Yeah, I think Jimmy um, Graham came from basketball. G- and, and Tony G did. I think G- Gates did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they like those big bodied guys, though. You know, uh, basketball players are kind of built in a way that the t- the, the new tight end position kind of is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's they're they're real big boys. You know, I mean, a tight end is usually what six four, six five, mm-hmm. a really big guy. You know, and they got a lot of meat on their bones, and they can throw that body weight around, kind of like a Gronk. And uh, I think Zion um um makes Gronk look small. I mean, yeah, Zion's a big, big boy. You know, you don't realize how big Zion is until you actually see the stat line on the guy show up. Yeah, and then you're like, oh shit. It's hard, it's hard <laughs> to think about because I mean, all those guys are really huge. Yeah, but s- sit him next to like a Wes Welker, just just hanging out, and it's like, mm-hmm. or me, but <laughs> yeah. Well, well, you, he, yeah, I mean, he'd be straight up looking down toward the floor. You could uh, grab me by the head, and just pick me up like one <laughs> one handed, just with his fingertips, like, like a claw grabber. Yes. <laughs> but Luke Wilson, uh, he, I, I think he's going to be a great fit over there in Oakland. I oh think yeah, he's going to be a good role player over there. Um, I think people have seen that he's not a number one guy. He didn't perform that way in Detroit. He had a very bad time in Detroit. And I'm convinced that Detroit doesn't know what the hell they're doing with the tight end position. I'm, I'm just convinced. Tight end. Well, look, look what uh, Ebron just did one season away from Detroit. Right. And and that's why I'm, I, I just, I don't feel as though they know what the hell they're doing with tight ends at this point. I, I think that, you know. It's, now, I, I am I am a Lions fan a lot more than you are, but. Uh, 
it's fun. It's it was it was funny. But me and you also were on that bandwagon too on this. We kept we we all said we were on the same page with the Lions uh, fan base uh, when uh, Colt signed. Like, well, have fun with Ebron. He's gonna uh-huh. suck for you. And then all of our jaws were dropped come like week five. Well, and and all of our jaws dropped, and then mine got picked back up the floor when I realized something about the way he was playing in Detroit. When Ebron was in Detroit, Ebron dropped some passes. I know this, but people put too much emphasis on his drops, and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the guy before him, Brandon Pettigrew, was a drop-o-matic. But I think the big thing about Eric Ebron, look at the amount he was targeted in his first contract. He was the fifth most targeted tight end in a rookie contract. And he's in good company. We're talking Tony Gonzalez. We're talking, you know, I mean, the name guys. So, I mean, for him to be targeted that much, shit, I'd hope he'd drop a few. It's kind of like when we talk about Matt Stafford, and we always talk about, oh, in that, that big one big year where he broke 5,000 yards. Oh, Matt Stafford broke 5,000 yards. Well, shoot, I'd hope he'd do it when he was throwing the average it, the ball it, and you know, 44 times point. a game. I mean, it, 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 um, having certain bad things happen to you, um, happen to your team, and have someone else come to you afterwards, it, it's pro- I mean, it magnifies it. Unfairly. Yeah. But it will magnify it. So um, take a well, um like so yeah you got you got Ebron uh, missing field goals or not missing field, that, that's that's awesome <laughs> to go to Ebron not dropping balls. Um, this season, if the new kicker in the bear for the Bears misses a game winning field goal, it's gonna feel so much harder than the Parky one. They're oh, like, yeah. oh, here we go again. It's gonna make his first miss of the year. But yeah. No. It's gonna it's gonna be one big his first miss of the year and everybody's gonna oh or, god or this after guy Blair is Walsh if the next guy like his his first big kick he missed mm-hmm. and he's already like ten for ten he missed one in overtime like it's gonna amplify it and, and that's it exactly comes with the territory yeah and that's exactly it and and I think that's what what went on with Eric Ebron and and Luke Wilson um it, it was kind of in a, a a very similar situation in Detroit I just I feel like the the fans in Detroit don't know what the hell is going on half the time I feel like half of them don't know what the hell is going on with football I feel like the fans in Detroit um they put their uh their losing ways on the wrong guy sometimes a lot of times most times really and it's nonsense now, um, one signing that did happen, speaking of guys that came from Seattle, uh, Seattle did re-sign linebacker K.J. Wright uh, to a two-year, $14 million deal at $7 million a year. I loved this signing. I thought it was the right signing. The guy's at a good age. Um, he's playing at a high level right now, and I think he's kind of one of those heart and soul type of players for that move. Seattle defense. It was smart, and it wasn't super costly. $7 million a year for, for a linebacker. Is pretty darn good, don't you think? Yeah, oh yeah, that was a good move. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. He's a good pass rushing guy, likes to drop into coverage. He's known to make plays uh, in coverage. So, I mean, I, I mean, he's in, he plays good ball. So, the Seattle Seahawks get away with, uh, with that one. Now, a team that didn't get away with one is the Saints. They go and re-sign uh, Teddy, I've only played one game in four years, Bridgewater to a one-year, $7.5 million deal. And this one's big because we were talking so much about Teddy Bridgewater on free agency day. I mean, we were we were talking about, you know... Uh, Miami and Saints. Yeah, Miami, and uh, Bridgewater is flying to Miami. I mean, there were like probably seven updates just based on Teddy Bridgewater and what the hell he was doing. And I was over here scratching my head going, what in the hell... 
And I mean, just, just Teddy Bridgewater, like, where does he garner all this press? And where in the hell did he become, like, a monster free agent signing that everybody wanted? Like, am, am I the only guy that saw Teddy Bridgewater, like, eh, you know, he's, he's, he's there. He looked like hell in Week 17. Well, granted, he was the backups. I mean, yeah, he's a backup. But uh, here's my thing. And they're taking a gamble on a guy that thinks can be a good backup. I mean, in a way... You look at the Eagles. That um, we all thought they were they were crazy for paying uh, Foles the money they were as a backup, and he went and won him a Super Bowl. Right. So Eagles kind of proved that, like, hey, it might be worth the money to uh, make sure you have a guy that you trust to back up your quarterback in the case the uh, the uh, the crazy happens. It kind of breaks the mold, and I get it. At the same time, Bridgewater looked like hell in Week Seventeen. He looked well, bad. But you got to remember, I mean, you're, you're also a little clo- Bridgewater's also a little closer to the heart for you. But it's not even that. I just um, I did, did you watch the Saints game in Week 17? But uh, I think they had a better game if you had the starters with them. Uh, yeah. Imagine I mean, having maybe. Michael Thomas to, to 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 rely on and Kamara and Ingram. Like you didn't have those star players. I I just I feel like and you're playing against starters. You have a, you have a backup team playing against starters. Who did they play in Week 17? Because I don't know that they were playing against starters. No, everybody sat. Yeah, I mean, like it was. I, I don't think they were playing against starters. At that at that particular moment, I we'd have to find out. Um, but really, at the end of the day, I mean, I I don't buy I don't I don't buy Teddy Bridgewater for seven million a year. I think that's crazy talk. I I think the guy is overrated. I don't think he's going to be able to handle it in the NFL um, as a starter at this point. I think having yeah they played starters yeah okay. they, they played the Bucks oh, okay but I don't I don't I think you're you're playing. Um, you're playing for the New Orleans Saints who have been known to have that strong arm quarterback. I don't think Bridgewater is I don't think he can handle the Drew Brees position. I don't think he can fill those shoes. I don't buy it. And you've been off for three years. That's three years of, of non field time. You know, he's a yes. He's been out for three years. Yeah, he's set two on an injury alone. Yeah. So, I mean, do I buy the Teddy Bridgewater hype at this point? When he was with Minnesota, yeah. When he had been fresh and he had been playing and he had been around, I loved Teddy Bridgewater. I thought he was going to be the future of the Minnesota Vikings franchise. But you think he sat too long? I think I do. I think he sat too long. I I don't think the experience is there anymore. I, I think he's toast. He hasn't seen the light of a field but one time for three seasons. I, I can't do it. I can't. I can't justify a $7 million contract for that guy. I thought that was a joke. That's fair. But, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip your list a little bit because I think we, we, it's worthy to talk about him right now, given we're talking about this type of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Baltimore. Oh, boy. So you're talking about justifying contracts for guys. Uh-huh. Um, Baltimore just re-signed Robert Griffin. Yep, RG3. Third, for uh, far less. Far less. Um, what was it? 2-4, two, 2-5? Two, two years for 4-5. So yes, yes, so yeah, so four point five total, so two two point two five per year. Yep. Um now keep in mind I'm I do not and still do not like Lamar Jackson. But <laughs> nobody does. This is a sm- if if you're building your franchise around Lamar Jackson for the time being, Robert Griffin's a uh, is the right signing. He's the similar quarterback. Um when Joe was still hurt and Lamar went down, shocking, he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um and Robert Griffin came in. He he played well enough. He, well enough, yes, um, he did. So you could tell that the offense could still operate under the same, the same format. I mean, it, right. Your backups got to be able to maintain the same offensive style that your starter has is been playing, right? Because otherwise, it throws everything out of whack. Yeah, I think the RG three signing, 
This is a good signing because you got him for far less. You got him for an extension, and you're going to be playing your cards with with Lamar. You're you're going to kind of be um, hoping for the best. It's kind of a finger cross type situation because yes. you're hoping that the the opposing defenses don't figure him out, and you're also hoping that he learns how to throw the football. I mean, it's all up in the air when it comes to Lamar Jackson at this point. And one hundred percent. And be, being optimistic, um, you you have seen players um transition and grow huge in in, in, in even just one offseason. Right. Both Wentz and Golf didn't look great in their rookie seasons. No, they looked awful. And fast forward a year, um, and they both looked far better. Much better, yes. And so but, I'm optimistic. Um, do I think good. he's gonna get better? No, I don't, but I'm it's good to be optimistic. And in but, this case and I also have to be. In this case, if you look at Lamar, Lamar has, I mean, rookies, uh, they, they have four-year deals, essentially. When, when they come in the league, they get a four-year deal and with a five-year extension if they want it, okay, if, if they have a five-year, fifth-year option. Now, Lamar, he gets picked up. He's got a four-year deal. He's going into the second year of his deal. RG3 signs two years. So that means that for year two and three, you're going to have RG3 with the team for a discount, really. I mean, and that's that's really, 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 really cheap for a backup quarterback right now. I was just seeing guys like Mike Glennon just got a fifteen million dollar deal last year to be a backup. Now he's getting. I think he made. I think Glennon actually got more money to go to the Raiders, and we'll touch that in a minute. But um, you know, R, so you're going to have RG three running a similar style offense. The key for RG three is if he does wind up in that situation, can he stay healthy? You know, and that's that's a, always been the issue when it comes to RG three since he and, came and to the league. There's nothing saying he can't because he's really only had that one injury, but it's it's just kind of derailed him for a while. Well, it's not just one; he's blown out that that ACL what twice now. No, oh, one, in, yeah, in college too. Mm-hmm. Well, every year he's been in the league, almost with with the exception well, of when he started being a backup. Well, no, well, um, he got he had that first injury. He came back and looked like shit and got benched. And yeah. So he hasn't really he hasn't had the chance to really. Play hard to see if he can if he can remain healthy. He can do it. He just uh, his skill set. I think his confidence went down after that injury. Oh, I think it did too. I think he was afraid. The guy didn't know how to slide. But, <laughs> that was the most common thing. He didn't know how to slide. But in his defense, that's normally what happens with those types of injuries. Like yeah, an injury like that can scare the shit out of you. I guess. I mean, you, you got like, like, to like sack you, up like and you, play ball. Like you and you wrestle when you had your injury. I mean, it, I mean, for a while you were probably a little sticker shy. Like you like. Oh shit! Like injuries happen. Like this is kind of scary. Which one? The shoulder? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, my shoulder. I stayed out for three months. But but you know what I mean. Like um that I, I guess that first real injury and and having a or either the first real one or a ma- or any major one make it, it it makes you think a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, but RG three he never returned to form. He never returned to form. I want to see if the guy can stay healthy. I guess that's my big thing. I want to see if the guy is healthy enough to to play in the league and um. As a backup, I think he's the perfect backup for Lamar. I agree with that. You got him on a discount, like I said. You, you're, you're, you almost. I mean, you're, you're paying peanuts for the man. Yeah. So you got away with one there, and I, I think for the next two years, the Ravens are going to be in in decent shape at starter and backup. Um, as long as Lamar, Lamar comes and plays, grows. Yeah. Because that, if that playoff gives any indication, all it takes is a team one time of seeing you, and they have you figured out. Yep. Now we we did have some some interesting quarterback stuff going on, um, particularly. So we, we we talked about how Bridgewater was going to Miami a lot. So Miami went through a lot of channels to try and get different quarterbacks. They were all over the place. They were trying to get Joe Flacco for a minute. They were trying to get um, 
Teddy Bridgewater. They they wound up trying to get Mariota. They were I mean they they were all over the place. And then the Miami Dolphins realized that none of these quarterbacks are going to be coming their way. So Miami go they tried to get Bortles as well. That was another guy they were trying to get. Um, so what they realized is that we better go get a starting quarterback. Otherwise, we're not going to have a starting quarterback. And with their draft position, uh, the Dolphins are kind of in a rough spot. So they will go out and they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick to a two-year, $11 million deal. They have a potential out in 2020, which is a $1.5 million cap hit. It could, I actually like this deal. Believe it or not, I like this deal, Tyler. You get the guy for 5.5 a year with a $1.5 million cap hit if you take the out in 2020, which is good. That's a, that's nothing for dead money, okay? No. And when you're looking at this Fitzpatrick deal, think about what what could happen. The Dol- This is the Dolphins preparing for the worst. I think what they're going to do, and they're, they're, there's one of two things that are going to happen in this draft. The Miami Dolphins are going to draft Drew Locke, which is a possibility, or Will Greer, which is also a possibility. Or... The Miami Dolphins are going to watch themselves tank this year, go into the following season, and they're going to take a shot at Justin Herbert early on in the NFL. Well, they're going to start off 4 0. <laughs> yeah, well, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitz, Fitz Magic's good for four yeah, games. Yes, yeah, is, is that what it is? <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I do like Ryan Fitzpatrick as. He's as, a good backup. He's a good backup, and, and I like him in that, that backup position. My thing about the Ryan Fitzpatrick ordeal. Is is if he comes out and he doesn't do well in Miami, Miami has that potential out. Send his ass out the door. See you later. We're not paying you five and a half, and go and pick up your next franchise quarterback, whether it be Locke, Herbert, or whoever. This is a good contract. For yeah, oh, I think that's, I think it's a, it's a it's a good scenario to go. Yeah, they um, they they wind up getting getting a guy that can start this year. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Decent enough to to get by and get it done. Right now, talking about backups and talking about um. Great contracts. I think the Rams now have arguably, well, not arguably. They have a they have a top five backup quarterback for peanuts. Yeah, backup, good now, backup. Obviously, I mean, not, not, uh, he's a bad starter. Now, Blake Bortles is not a bad quarterback. Yeah, but he's not a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a bottom of the line starter, top of the line backup. Exactly. And you got the Rams are getting him. Obviously, it's clear to to me that Bortles is trying to get a, a one year prove it deal. Yep. But I mean, the thing about prove it deals is if you're a backup, you don't see, see you the, don't field. see the field. It, yeah. It, so he, he's hoping that preseason and then Rocket and preseason is gonna be enough to like really sh- because actually this is the best landing place for him because what's the Sean McVay way in preseason? Start your backups. The starters the never play a <laughs> yep. single. Di- so Blake Bortles is going to see a lot of action in preseason. Yep. So he's, you're going to see him coming out strong in preseason because one, so to the contract one year one million. That's, that's even less than the Blake than the uh, Griffin deal. Yep. That's a that's a good contract. It, it's a good contract for a guy that went to an AFC Championship game. Now understanding Blake Bortles, he wasn't incredible. Blake but he wasn't bad. He he wasn't. He was, he was bad last year. But he was bad last year. But but he wasn't so bad when he was you know there to the point where it was just like oh Blake Bortles what a shitty effing quarterback he has no business on a to, to me if uh, if uh, uh uh shoot what's his name um uh, shoot Saints why can't they, your your boy Bridgewater Bridgewater but I lost that one if Bridgewater is garnering seven seven million um. Bortles could have asked for seven million, and to me, it makes sense to give him that. Yeah, I think it makes more sense to give to, to give Blake Bortles that than it does to make Teddy Bridgewater a seven point five million dollar man. I think that makes a far more sense. But I digress. 
Blake Bortles in the Rams got away with with you know highway robbery there. They they basically went out and won million dollars for a, a guy who could start in the league and a good backup. I mean, he's not bad. Arguably the best backup. I, the only one I would say has the best backup situation is uh, Tennessee. Yeah, and Tennessee they they go out and they trade the Dolphins for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, they cut Blaine Gabbert, who who never really panned out in the <laughs> NFL. Tannehill, and, Gabbert, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I, I think Tannehill panned out better in the NFL than Blaine Gabbert did. Blaine Gabbert didn't really. He survived what one season? See, the thing with Tannehill is I, I'm still a big fan of Tannehill. Yeah. The Dolphins never gave him the weapons to be successful. They also never gave him an offensive line. They said, "Hey." This is our shit show. Make it work. And he tried his ass off. What two playoff appearances with shitty teams? Yep, yep. Like he did. he tried his he he played his heart out. He did. And 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 he, that and that's why I think as much as I like Mariota, this is I there's a, I think there's a small chance that Tannehill could go and then shock it all and go. Well, maybe Tannehill should be our quarterback. <laughs> exactly. I mean. Um, and Mariota, he's been so injury prone throughout his career. This could be a good opportunity. I think the the Tennessee Titans have recognized that Mariota is injury prone. He's never a hundred percent. I think they've recognized that. I think they 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 know the issue. They were in a do or die. Winner goes to the playoffs, and they didn't have their quarterback. Right. And so now it's time for them to get a starting quarterback that can play good ball. And I think Tannehill can play good ball. Tannehill's, actually, a, Tannehill's a very good quarterback. We, I remember Ryan Tannehill for a little while there in Miami. Remember he got real hot at the beginning of one of the seasons. He, they were, what, 6-0 and at one point? He was just killing it. Yep. So, I mean, we got to remember that Ryan Tannehill, um, he is a starting caliber quarterback. I think he's, he's still on the lower end as far as starting quarterbacks go. I think we're talking, you know, 23 through 32, wherever you want to rank them. But I disagree. Really? I'm in top 20. Really? I got 18 or 19. Wow. I mean, and it, that may very well be. In any case, I mean, he's a good backup. He's a very good backup. He's probably, I'd, I'd say he's probably right now. Other, the only guy that I think could give him a, a that, and and you're gonna you're gonna hate this, but um, I think the only guy that really can contest him, and he's a guy that we never talk about, is Matt Schaub. He's not in the league anymore, is he? Atlanta Falcons. He still that he's he still the Atlanta. Back up the Atlanta Falcons. No, I, no, I like him. Mean, he, he was back up to Joe for a while too. Like yep. Matt Schaub's a good backup. I think uh, he Matt Schaub gets a little too rattled, and back in his career, he mm. I don't think Matt Schaub's a good backup anymore. He got the hell beat out of him. I, I think <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's even the top ten backup at this point. Really. I, I think he's way past his prime at this point. He's 35. I think Matt Schaub's got a great arm. Um, he's got a great arm. I think you're talking Bortles and Tannehill being the, that, that top two cream mm-hmm. the crop of backup roles. I, I think I think Schaub is, is right up there with him, honestly. I think he's that good. But we also had another backup quarterback get signed. Now, John Gruden comes out. John Gruden. This is more of that John Gruden stuff. It's all about that pass rush. But... Gruden goes and crazy John, yeah, crazy John, and that's exactly it. So crazy John goes out and he says Derek Carr is our quarterback, and then a couple days later signs Mike Glennon as a backup for a one year, one point eight million dollar contract. I'm going to give you an opportunity to admit you were wrong about what that Nate Peterman will not be the future of this football team. Come on, well, I'm never admitting that because because John Gruden is a mad scientist. He's an insane person. Uh, the the crazy man goes out, and this is the second time he's done this. John Gruden comes out, says, Derek Carr is my starting quarterback. I like Derek Carr. He's a great guy. Oh, we want to keep Derek Carr happy. We want to keep Derek Carr around. And then he goes out and signs a quarterback. It seems like either he's he's like, 
I don't know whether or not John Gruden is just trying to appease Derek Carr at this point to make sure that he doesn't get panicked as he goes out and signs backups, or or if it's a situation where where you know he's just trying to you know hush the critics and and these guys are actually going to be his starters. I mean, who knows? But Glennon gets signed to a one point eight million dollar deal. Um, I think it's. A, this is a far cry from what Glennon got signed in Arizona. I mean, in Arizona, he got handed $15 million, which I thought was absolute friggin' crazy talk. But Glennon goes out 1.8. It's not a bad price for a backup quarterback. I think you're, you're, um, you're, you're kind of getting away with one. I think Glennon is a, I mean, he's a decent backup. I mean, he's not going to, you know, set the world on fire. He's not going to be a starter in this league. He's not going to, to go out and take Derek, Derek Carr's job. We know that that's not coming. Okay, we, we know Mike Glennon is not going to be the well, starter. I'm the glad you're humanizing that because before you're like, oh, Nate Peterman's probably going to come and take <laughs> Derek Carr's job No, no, John Gruden's a madman. Well, well, that's the thing. Like you, But you never know what in the hell John Gruden is thinking. I think John Gruden's is nuts. I think the guy's out of his mind. <laughs> Seriously, tell me I'm not wrong. John no, Gruden is, is crazy. He is. Um, he, he, they, they've made some very good moves in the off season that made him look not so crazy, but ultimately John Gruden is still a crazy man. And I, I still don't, I still don't believe in, in John Gruden's nonsense. So Mike Glennon goes out and gets signed. Now staying on the quarterback wagon there, Andy Dalton going over to your division, Tyler, Andy Dalton, he's on a one year deal with a one year option possibly on the, on the table. The Bengals say they want him to prove his worth this season. He's on a prove. He, they basically turned his deal that he recently got into a prove it deal. Um, I think that's 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 smart um, coaching and general management from the from the new uh, staff there. Is it fair? Yes. Really? Andy Dalton has not been performing. That team has not been performing the way it should. Is it Andy Dalton's fault, or is it the fault of the general manager for not getting the proper pieces around Andy Dalton? They've had the proper pieces. Well, they here's the thing. They go out and they get the receivers they need. I don't think Andy Dalton's had the offensive line they needed. I think he's gotten the tight end they needed. The I, running backs they needed? I don't know about the running backs. They've had a three-head system the last, last decade just about. They, they had Giovanni Bernard. Who had one, Jeremy Hill, Jeremy Joe Hill, Mixon, who didn't pan out. Joe Mixon. Who Before that, was what's uh, what was his name? Uh, he was really good for a while. Uh, Mendenhall? No, that was Pittsburgh. That was Pittsburgh. My Shoot, there's another guy. Now oh, it'll come to me. Yeah, but so they they get these these running backs who didn't pan out. Really, they all did. They all they each had a thousand yard season, he, and, and then they move on from them. Yeah, well, they get a one thousand yard season, but like, then nah, they, but we got but, someone else. No, no, but look at look at what they did. It was a 1,000-yard season, and then they go in and they'd be like, oh, 700 yards, 600 yards. And then they would have a 1,000-yard a, a season for the next guy, and then it would be, oh, 500 yards. Yeah, they, they get 500 yards because the next season they drafted someone else who then went and got 1,000 yards. <laughs> they had a 1,000-yard rusher every season. They just give up on the guy. I, I think that, that um, if they Cedric got— Cedric Benson. Oh, Benson. God, I forgot about Cedric Benson. Cedric Benson was good he, for a long he was, time. He was their last consistent. Yeah, he was there. He back. was there from the Carson Palmer days. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how long Cedric Benson. No, I laugh, but Palmer was very good for for since he was good. He was good. I like I like Carson Palmer. I've I've always liked Carson Palmer. Um, I I think that um, really I, I believe that uh, uh, Cincinnati needs to go out and get a oh and Green Ellis. 
Oh, geez. But Cincinnati's gone and get a better offensive line for Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton was harassed in the pocket quite a bit. Andy Dalton needs to stay more healthy. Um, that's that's another issue in itself. I don't think he's been healthy for, for a long time. He's gotten hit so many times. Remember, there were several occasions where Andy Dalton didn't start in playoff games. Remember that? Um, yep. Andy Dalton being out for, for playoff games. I think, what, A.J. McCarron started in a playoff game where they lost. Um, in Pittsburgh, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean... I don't I don't know about about that uh that whole thing where it's it's Andy Dalton's fault. I think Andy Dalton if he does leave Cincinnati, he's going to go somewhere and he's going to flourish. I think Andy Dalton goes out on the free agency market, he gets a 25 million dollar deal and he turns into a monster. Because Andy Dalton's a good quarterback with a good strong arm. Oh, he is. I mean, I just don't think he's consistent. I mean, he 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 He's kind of, and we got to remember a couple of years ago, and Dalton led the league in passing. He's kind of like a, all he mostly just throws the ball to AJ and hopes for the best. Um, kind of, kind of, yeah. But he he's got other options. I mean, he has what Boyd. He had Boyd out there for a little while, and Boyd did really well. Um, and and I think they gradually started stealing receivers from him. If you look at at the history, you know, think about the guys that were were getting sent out the door. You know, am I wrong? No, one Marvin year they, Jones goes bye -bye. they lost Marvin Jones and Sanu in the same yep, year. Yep, Muhammad Sanu goes out the door. But I mean, that's my thing is it, they they had Marvin Jones, Sanu, A.J. Green, Andy Dalton, um, Hill, and Giovanni and couldn't get it done. But look at the teams that, like, since then, look at what happened. They, they got rid of Sanu. They got rid of all those guys around him, and they had A.J. and uh, an injury-prone A.J., because AJ's been hurt as all hell. He's like Calvin Johnson right now. He's just beat to high heaven. So you got AJ. Because they, because they have no one else to throw the ball to. Exactly. The, so the guy had weapons. I mean, they got Tyler Boyd, who's a speedster, but that's and, not it. And that's why I blame, I put a lot of blame on Dalton, because he's had the weapons. He's had the team to get it done. How has he had the team to get it done? He had, it's, he, he had one year with those guys around, and then it's like, oh, well, they're all gone now. Three. And still, they're all gone now. And here he is, struggling. And, and they don't have any. And they're no them. better or no worse than before. Well, no, 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 no. See, they made the playoffs. They they went to the playoffs. They made to the first round of the playoffs. They made it to the division round of the playoffs. They they've made to those so, areas. So so we're 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 back to accepting making the playoffs and losing the first round okay. It's not that it's okay. Here's my thing though. You can't say that the guy is unsuccessful. You know, you, you can't say that the guy is not playing at a high level when you don't put the weapons around him and then take the weapons away, and then he's like, meh, well. Tannehill has had a, has had a more successful career than A.J. Dalton. Absolutely Dalton. not. Oh, my God. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. Tannehill is that. You, you're you going to go look at the numbers, and good, I want you to. <laughs> Tannehill has not. Tannehill is not even close. Had a better career than A.J. Dalton, by, I digress. Now. Um, staying on the quarterback wagon, we still have, believe it or not, we have more quarterback stuff. Trevor Simeon, the Jets signed quarterback Trevor Simeon, one year, $2 million. Uh, Simeon didn't pan out in Denver. He didn't really pan out in Minnesota either. He was a backup in Minnesota. Um, I think Simeon is one of the better backups in this league. Am I, <laughs> as a backup? Simeon's For not $2 good. Million? And for $2 million, it's okay, but he's not a good quarterback. A backup quarterback for $2 million, I'll take that in a heartbeat. A guy that started in the NFL. What did the Denver Broncos go that year? I think they broke 500. I think they were an 8-8 eight eight ball club. Mm -hmm. I think you're thinking <coughs> of Osweiler. No, no, no. Osweiler, um, Osweiler led them to, to playoffs, actually. 
But um, Trevor Simeon, I like him as a backup. I think he's a very good backup. I think for $2 million, you're getting a great backup. I don't have anything wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with the man. I don't think you're getting a great backup. Nah, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're getting anything incredible. Is he a better backup than than um is he a better backup than a lot of the guys that you're gonna be seeing around the league? Middle yeah. pack about fifteen. Yeah, I think he's a good backup. I I I I'd like to say he's an above average backup. No. I think he's above average. As far as backups go, I think he is. Now um Speaking of the Bengals, because we were on that stuff, they made some moves in free agency that I thought were very entertaining. They go out and they sign offensive guard John Miller to a three-year, $16.5 million deal. Veteran offensive guard, I thought this was great, protects Dalton, gets the man some help that he actually needs. He needs, but it's not going to matter. I, mean, I don't know that it's not going to matter. We, we don't know. Place. You think so? You think last you see place? how bad they were last year? Yeah. Well, yeah. He lost his number one receiver, and, and, and he had no one able to do anymore. It's like, oh, there's no, there's no green. I guess we just suck. Then. There's, there's no receivers either. <laughs> there's nothing there. Tyler Boyd's been great. Uh, uh, Tyler Boyd's better than Sanu and uh, better Tyler than Sanu Boyd's was. been decent. He's been decent. He's been he good. Been great. Um, they also re-signed Tyler Eifert to a one-year deal after he the was a freak, great tight end. He's just hurt all after the, time. the freak injury from last year, the mangled ankle. <laughs> oh, it was so gross. Um, so Tyler Eifert, they get him one year, four million dollars. They want to see if, see if he can stay healthy. Um, this is a, a good thing. They're also re-signing Darquez Denard to a one-year, four point five million dollar prove-it deal. Um, you know, uh, it, it was smart. I, I like this signing. Darquez Denard is not a bad corner in this league. He's a loud mouth. Oh, no. I, yeah, loud I think, mouth. I think he can get it done. Yeah, I, I I actually liked this signing a lot. I didn't think it was it was a bad thing at all um, for them to go pick up Darquez Denard. So, no, oh, did you did you get my those numbers for me, Tyler, or was I right? I I was trying to find a, a quick, easy comparison. But I'll I'll dig into it. Oh boy, we're gonna have to dig into it. So he's gonna gonna do some digging. I want the numbers now. No, I want to know if I'm wrong, but you know. But um, so with that, we got more signings coming up, Tyler. So we're gonna go and keep getting into these these re-signings. Uh, we're done with the quarterbacks, thank God, um, because that seemed to be the most common thing that got signed. But we're gonna go through and we're gonna finish up these signings. We're gonna go into a little bit of uh, Tyler's top ten. We're gonna have that come back because we didn't have that last show. It made me sad. Well, we gotta finish through the. Uh the stuff here. Yeah, we're gonna get through the signings, but we're gonna go. We're gonna get through that. And we're gonna get a little bit of Tyler's top ten, a little bit of Brayton's forgotten five, and and uh, knock this thing out. So uh, with that, Tyler, we'll be right back. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being.
And welcome back, everybody, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Craytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious Tyler Dean. And, uh, Tyler, we got free agency news out the wazoo. This is a what, crazy few weeks. Yeah, yeah, two weeks, man. We got more free agency news going on here, so we're going we're gonna to burn through some of that. Um, and then we're going to hit Tyler's top ten, Freytown's Forgotten Five, and uh, get done with this thing, man. Um, we just got done talking about the, uh, the Oakland Raiders. <clears throat> well, the Raiders making more moves. Uh, I like this move. I do too. Um, so the Jets release Isaiah Crowell, the running back, after the signing of Le'Veon Bell. The Raiders go and pick up Isaiah Crowell on a cheap, cheap contract, $2.5 million one-year deal. I think he's still a good back. Hell of a good back. Uh, speedster, he was actually getting it done over there in New York. I, I like Isaiah Crowell. I don't think he's been given the proper forum to be a number one running back. Um, is he going to be a number one running back in Oakland? That has yet to be seen. Well, um, no, because they have their number one back. In? Uh, Doug Martin. Oh, yeah, that's right. Doug Martin's hanging but around there. But I think Doug Martin and uh, Crowell can complement each other very well because that's where the league is going in terms of running back is more of a complement um, split back system. I think a complimentary back, yes. I I do. I, I think Crowell could be better than Doug Martin. I think Doug Martin is on the ass end. I disagree. Really? But Doug Martin's still young. I think he hasn't really gotten a full chance to be the guy. Um, He's had a very, very good career in Tampa. Yeah, oh, yeah. Very minus good his injuries. Tampa. Yeah. Um. So the 700, keep in mind, he was splitting with Lynch. Yeah, yep. Um, 723 yards, four touchdowns. And, but then, like, in 17 and 16, he was also hurt. And 15 was the really, really the year he got to really explode. Yep. Well, in 12. 12, he was all right. He had 1,400, but, but he was but he, hurt in 13, 14. He was good in 15, hurt in 16, 17. Yeah, he's, he's, had a, he's had a run of injuries, but when he plays at his fullest, the, the guy can play. Yeah, he can go. So I want to see if Doug Martin turns out to be the guy or if Isaiah Crowell. And I think they're, honestly, I think you're going to have a running back competition there. Uh, honestly, I think that's where it's headed. What's, uh, speak, I know what I was thinking of as far as I'm being like studly. I'm yeah. going to bring this up because it still amazes me that he hasn't got a team. Who? That's Alfred Morris. Yeah, Alfred Morris is still out there. Um, and look, look at look at his stats when he was with Washington. You know, sixteen hundred yards. Um, yeah, his his numbers when he was in Washington, he had sixteen hundred yards one season. I mean, he had he had no, a, three three straight seasons of a thousand yards plus. One of them being a, a, a league leading sixteen hundred at his rookie season. Yep. Um, he got hurt in 20, 2015, I remember that. But then, um, now. Dallas, third Dallas, string and, Dallas. And third string, third string, and, and backup in, in uh, 49ers. He hasn't been given a chance. He's proven that he's he's worthy of, of, of being a starter. And that no one get, uh, Nobody it, gives the guy the opportunity. What do they see that we don't – is there something that we don't see? I, I don't know. I, I don't understand. The guy's been in the league for seven years. I think he's a starting running back. I think people need to give him the opportunity. I think he's got speed. I think he's good to go. But people are just not giving this guy the opportunity. It's wild. But I, I think Isaiah Crowell could be a guy over there in, in Oakland. I think you're going to see a competition between him and Doug Martin. I think Doug Martin's very good. I think Isaiah Crowell might be a little bit faster, and I think that's what is, is, uh, John Gruden is going to be looking for as a okay. fast back. Now, we also had um, some, some interesting signings going around the league. We had uh, staying in that division – the, uh, the Chargers go out and they sign outside linebacker Thomas Davis, the veteran, the 14-year veteran, to a two-year $10.5 million contract. They got a potential out in 2020 for just $2 million in dead cap. Um, I like this signing a lot. I think they needed some help at linebacker. I think that they, the Chargers... Good pickup. Yeah, it's a very good pickup. He's, he's an older guy, but he can still play good zone coverage, which I really like. Um, if you look at him in zone coverage, he knows how to back off just right. He knows how to blitz the quarterback. 
I think he's very, very good. And for the amount that they're giving him, if you look at it, it's five seven five a year. That's not bad for a starting linebacker. Um, I like this pickup a lot. I thought it was really just brilliant on their end. Oh, yeah. Uh, for a Chargers defense that really wasn't the bee's knees, this guy is, is very good in, in coverage. Their secondary wasn't the best, but good in coverage. He's good in coverage, so he'll he'll be good for them. Um, now we we did have uh, a, a weird signing in. I, I I'm going to go ahead and say it, it was a weird signing for the Raiders, but at the same time, it doesn't surprise me. Linebacker Vontae's perfect. One year, two million dollars goes to Oakland. I think you're getting a good linebacker for two million dollars. <laughs> you're getting a great linebacker who's going to get who's going to penalize you a little bit at times, yep. but uh, he's a great linebacker. The Raiders are kind of building up. Yeah, they're, they're, they're getting veteran players. They're getting some veteran ground there, I think. That's that's the first thing. And Burfick's still arguably one of the best backs in the, best linebackers in the league. Yeah, he's he's a good big hitter. He's he's a big hitting kind of guy. He's a, a, a quarterback blitzer is, is essentially what, what you get there. But not only that, when it comes to tackling, if he needs to back off and tackle a receiver, he, we know he can, um, whether it be dirty or clean, <laughs> Antonio Brown. But... Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be. Yeah, there's a, there a fun little story of uh, Antonio Brown and Burfict uh, um, clearing the air and uh, getting on the same page. Cause, oh, geez, because they've been on the wrong end of the field. Yeah, uh, numerous times. Yeah, now they're pals. Now they're pals. Why'd you try to break my neck, bro? I was just trying to kill you. Um, but uh, we also had some more movement in that division as well. Corner Brashad Breland signs with the Chiefs, one year, two million dollars. Um, they get the potential out in twenty twenty for only one point five in a cap hit. Um, I like this signing a lot. I thought the Chiefs needed some help in their secondary. There, it, it was really weak back there. Now you got Eric Berry even going out the door. Um, the Chiefs need help from a from a defensive standpoint. The Chiefs need help. I thought this was a great corner on the discount. You you get it. I mean, really, and it is you know, a discount. They, I mean, they really need help. That to me. At this point in Barry's career, they upgraded at safety. Well, in a way, yeah, but they they need help at safety. They need help at corner. I think. Well, because you know they got a safety, right? Which safety? Are you, are, I think you're forgetting. Who? They got Honey Badger now. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know they they upgraded at safety, but still at the at the end of the day, their secondary is has been in weak. shambles. It's been weak the last couple of years. I think Breland is the perfect kind of depth guy. When you got to put of, up forty points to win a game. I should tell you something about your defense. Yeah, and and that's what it is, especially their secondary. They get passed all over. Which is year. crazy, because what rewind three years, they were top five defense. They were a top defense. Yep. So Brashad Breland, I think, is a great pickup for them, and then it's and it's more Breland is he a, is he a starter? I think he's more of a slot guy. Um, he's more of a slot corner than anything else. It, it's good. He, they're paying him peanuts though. They're paying what two point five, I and mean, that's nothing. That's nothing. Two million dollars. I agree. I mean, that's for a good corner like that. I brilliant move. Um, now we did have some uh, a trade go on uh, really recently. Actually, I didn't realize how recent it was. The Cowboys go out and acquire defensive end Robert Quinn from the Dolphins for just a sixth round pick. That was one of the blockbuster trades. Yeah, it's I. Steal right that's there. a steal. It really is. It was. It was a. Uh, um, a huge pickup. The Cowboys get a defensive end that they need. He's 31 years old, so he's he's kind of nearing the ass end of that that peak there. But at the same time, it he, means that the Cowboys think they can win. That's what it says to me. I think the Cowboys are are thinking Super Bowl or bust. They they saw something they liked, and and then they go out on top of it all, and they made some other veteran signings, and and they go out and and get uh, Georgia Loca. 
the former Bengal, former Viking, now turned Cowboy. He's going to be uh, one of their safeties. $1.2 million for Georgia Loca. Let me tell you how good of a signing that is. Georgia Loca, at one point, one of the best safeties in the league. This guy can play safety and linebacker very effectively. And we know how much Tyler loves safeties that can turn into <laughs> linebackers. So Georgia Loca goes, and he and he played some linebacker for the Vikings. He played some outside linebacker. He's good in coverage. He's great at safety. He knows how to read the quarterback's eyes. He reminds me of like a poor man's Ed Reed. That's what Georgia Loca reminds me of. Ed Reed can never play linebacker, though. Well, yeah, but he reminds me of poor man's you're, Ed Reed. You're right thinking more uh, poor man's Palomalu. Yeah, kind of. He's a hard hit. Because Palomalu um, was very good at linebacker. Probably could have, probably should have been a linebacker. Yeah. He's a better linebacker than he was a safety. Yeah, but the thing about Iloka is, just like Ed Reed, he's very good at reading the quarterback's eyes. Oh, yeah. And that's that's what we got to see out of Iloka. The few times he did enter the field last year, he was very underutilized with the Vikings. Um, and, and when he did come in and play linebacker, or if he did come in and play safety for the injured Anderson Deo, which he did to, did do on occasion, um, he was fantastic. I like this signing. I think the Cowboys got away with highway robbery here. Brilliant move. $1.2 million. You're paying nothing for a very good player. I mean, that was really smart. And then they also went out and, and signed the veteran wide receiver, Randall Cobb. Old man Randall Cobb, one year. Can you turn it around? $5 million. He's not that old. Um, I think he's, what, 33? Hell no. Something like that. Randall Cobb, though, gets signed to a deal. Um, he, he goes and plays for the Cowboys, and uh, I like this signing. Um, $5 million is a little steep for my liking. Um, I, he's 28. He's 28, okay. It's a little steep for my taste um, for a guy like Randall Cobb, who is who has basically been a number two his throughout throughout his entire career, and hasn't really done it done anything much at two. Like he had his first two two seasons were great, and then he he really shut down. Yeah, really after it was the Nelson injury and further, he proved he cannot be a one. Yeah, he he's he played well, but not well enough to the point where I was ooing and on over the guy to the tune of five million dollars. Now. Is Randall Cobb going to do well with the Cowboys? I think so. I think they needed a viable number two, and I think he's a better number two than Cole Beasley. Yeah. I think he's a better pass-catching guy than Cole Beasley used to be. Absolutely. And and but I think the issue you run into is how much do you trust Prescott's deep ball? I the thing is you have two deep ball guys now. Well, Cobb was Cobb can play in the slot too, and that's when when he was a number two. Cobb played in the slot, but he proved he couldn't. When he was number be a deep ball guy, he proved he couldn't be a deep ball guy. But well, he, he proved he couldn't be anything but a deep ball guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so uh, he played in the slot when he was with Green Bay. I mean, you could Amari Cooper proved that he can play in the slot as well. I mean, we got to see that. Are they going to stick Cooper in the slot? I don't know, but he did prove he can play in the slot. I think both these guys are very versatile. I think you're getting away with with a, a good receiver situation here and uh, I think once Cobb goes out the door I think they're just kind of getting by until they have to re-sign Amari Cooper and, and all that good stuff they're kind of getting by Cobb's going to be your number two I think they're making a push and I think they're going to make a very good push I trust Dak Prescott enough to the point where I think he can get Randall Cobb the ball effectively we'll see no, I, I trust him enough now um, in that same division you got to see the Eagles making noise. Here's they made some noise. First, they go out and they sign Vinnie Curry to a one-year, two point two five million dollar deal. Vinnie Curry is a good player, and you got him on a freaking two point two five. That's it. Really got away with one there. Yeah, I mean he's a defensive end. 
that played as a starter for Tampa. I mean, like, it's, he's a good player. Um, I think you got a good defensive end here, and and I think he's going to be – he's a big boy. He's 30 years old. I like Vinny Curry. I thought this was a steal, 2.25. You got him for nothing. Oh, yeah. For nothing. And then they go out, and they um, – and he was only away from the Eagles for a year. He was with Tampa. He played well with the Eagles. He played well with Tampa. He comes back to a scheme that he knows in Philadelphia. I like this move. <clears throat> Vinny Curry was actually – he played a significant role – in them getting to the Super Bowl. So that was a good thing. They also went out and they signed my former Viking, Andrew Sandeo, one year, $1.3 million. He's 30 years old. Andrew Sandeo is one of the hardest-hitting safeties in the league. One of the hardest-hitting safeties in, in the league. And and I loved this pick for them. Um, I hate to see Sandeo go. The Vikings let Sandeo go because of the fact that they had a guy who can play safety just as well as Sandeo can for about... $8 million less. So they, they got away with murder on that one. But at the end of the day, um, Andrew Sandejo is still a very, very good safety. He knows how to make plays on the ball. He's good for about two to three interceptions per year. Um, I like this signing. I mean, you got him for cheap. You got a, a starting safety for cheap. For very cheap. For very that, cheap. that was good. Now, the one big one that they did, they did extend Ronald Darby for one year. They gave him $8.5 million, so they went out and extend a, a top-tier corner. That's just, Let's face facts. He's a top-tier corner. Um, Darby was a great pick. Uh, he, he was a great, a great uh, re-signing. I like the idea that they're going to keep him on the field and keep that, that powerful secondary intact because that's basically what they needed to do. They needed to keep that very strong secondary intact and they're going to do that. And they did just yeah, that by by not only keeping Darby but they signed backups, they signed safeties, they made sure that that defense is intact. I think the Eagles right now are thinking they're going to go on a run as well. They know that they're in an arms race with the Dallas Cowboys right if now. The, if Wentz stay healthy. Yeah, and that's another thing. Wentz has got to stay healthy. <clears throat> we know Wentz will um he, he he's had injury bugs. We, we know this, but I think Wentz is going to stay healthy this year. <clears throat> I think you're going to see Wentz do well this year, and I think you're going to probably see the, the Eagles in the playoffs this year. I think there's going to, like I said, it's an arms race between Eagles I, and Cowboys. I don't. You think the Eagles are going to tank? What I, I hate to say this, and I know you're going to hate this, but technically, when, when Wentz, just before Wentz went down, Eagles were not anywhere close to being in the mix. Well, they were. They were, they were just on the outskirts. They were just on the outskirts. It was, it was Vikings and the Eagles. did look better when Foles came when in. When Foles came in. I do not like Foles. I stand by that. But I think Wentz has kind of regressed a little bit since that first injury. Well, he's got that sophomore slump going on, right? Or past that. Well, or he's, was, year four. Is this year four? Wow, it's been that long. He had the sophomore slump. Uh, he, he he played well. well. His sophomore year was his, his best year, rather. Yeah. Okay, so he had his junior slump, I guess you could say. But he... He played well enough. I think Wentz is going to get them to the promised land. I think that's where it's going to go. I think he's going to get them back to the playoffs. Um, and and like I said, I believe the Eagles and the Cowboys are in an arms race right now. That's what this is. Look at the Eagles signings. Look at the Cowboys signings, and tell me that they're not going. I'm preparing for you. That could because be. that's what they're preparing for. You know that the Redskins and the Giants are not in the mix in that division. Can we just face that fact? Yeah. I mean that's that's what it is. So I, I I believe that that's what we're looking at there is we're looking at an arms race between those two teams. Now the Eagles also in that arms race 
Another steal. Tyler, where's your applause, man? You, you need to clap for this one because the Eagles trade a sixth-round pick for Jordan Howard. Blockbuster trade. They get a number one running back for next to nothing. Next to nothing. Man, they, they, they stole on that one. And granted, Jordan Howard was not great last year. He didn't break 1,000. But but Jordan Howard's a great running back. I think Howard was hurt for part of the year, too, wasn't he? I don't think so. Really? I could be wrong. You know what I mean, I thought he was hurt for part of the year. But Jordan Howard is a very good running back. And I think, you know, when it comes to... Um, when it comes to the Eagles and their running backs, they are a very running-heavy team, if you look at the way that they, they play ball. And he's still on his rookie deal. Still on a rookie the, deal. The, the, the ass end of a rookie deal yeah. ends this year. Yeah, but he's, he's got one year left on his deal, 2.25. What do you have to lose? You gave them a six-round deal, or a six-round pick, so you're not losing a whole lot. No. And then if Jordan Howard doesn't pan out, he's 24 years old. He's got three years of experience in this league. This guy was a fifth-round guy. That turned into a top tier running back. You only missed one game. <coughs> okay, so <clears throat> fifth round guy turned into a top tier running back. He's 24 years old. He runs just like Jay Ajayi. Jay Ajayi goes out the door, and now you got the opportunity to re sign this guy. You got him on a prove it deal. If he pans out, you sign him long term. If he doesn't pan out, you let him go out oh, the door. No, th this, was, this was huge for, for Eagles. I think this is a great, great trade. Smart. It was very smart, and the, the Bears get to unload 2.25 of cap, but the problem for the Bears now is that two-headed running attack that they had with Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard doesn't exactly get to be and there. Cohen's not a number one back. Cohen is not. He's a change of pace. He's a great change of pace back. Oh, yeah. But he's a change of pace guy only. Yeah. So I, I love this move. I thought this was smart. I, I thought the Eagles got away with one. Um, and, and they wind up getting a good running back for the time being. This was a great idea. Now, in that same division, this is a guy I love. Okay? I in that in that same division, he's I, dying, you know, he's 33 years old. They go and sign him to a one-year, $1.07 million deal. We're talking Dominique Rogers Cromartie. He is not done, Tyler. You're, this guy you're, plays you, good ball. You're, you're paying him to be a veteran presence. He's going to be a third-string corner. This guy, um, Dominique Rogers Cromartie. You know what he is? Hmm. He is that old guy with the alien blood in his veins. That's what that man is. But what's the last time he played good ball? <clears throat> the last time he played in the league, which was not this last year, but the year before. Not he didn't play great. He played, why, it's why he ended up on the team last season. He played great ball. He, he, he's a good veteran presence, but that's at best of what you're getting out of Rogers Cromartie at this point in time. I don't know about all that. I think I, I think he's um, I, I I think he he is a a great player on for any team that wants to get him. He's 33 years old. He can play well. He's good in coverage. He played well in New York. He played when he was with Janoris Jenkins. He played well in Philadelphia when he was over there. He played well in Washington. Now he goes back to Washington. He's got to play well there. I love this signing. I think Dominique Rogers Camardi is one of the better corners that you could have found on the free agency market. And based solely on his age, you're going to get this guy for nothing. For nothing. For nothing, but he... he's the next Terrence Newman. That's what he is. Terrence Newman's better than he is. No, this guy is the next Terrence Newman. 
But his 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 mind's not. He's gonna get cut for, before regular season starts. I don't think he does. Because I think he it, winds up okay. being a starter. You you know his. I mean, his mind's on his on his stupid TV show. He's gonna be a starter. He's gonna you know. He's gonna be a Third starter. Third string. Third string. We in the team. No, and Dominic, you're you're, th- it, it, that, you're thinking the wrong guy. You're you're thinking Antonio Cromartie, not Dominic. No, I'm Rogers thinking Rogers Cromartie. Rogers Cromartie does not have his own team. The ones with the Jets. That's Antonio Cromartie. No. Yes. Wait. Maybe. That's Antonio Cromartie, because Cor- Antonio Cromartie started with the Chargers and then went to the Jets and played with Reed. Is he still not 35 years old? What? How old is Rodgers Cromartie? 35? Dominique Rodgers Cromartie? Yeah. He's 33. Same difference. He's getting cut. <laughs> I think he makes Five it. Five bucks. He gets cut by, by before the week. You're on. One. You're on. I think he makes it. Not only that, I think he becomes a starter. I think he becomes a starter. Um, but Dominique Rodgers Cromartie, signed by the Washington Redskins. I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Now, um, other guys getting signed around the league. We had the Bucks, and this is another signing I like. Shaquille Barrett gets signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One year, $5 million. Um, I thought this was a good signing for them. I think that it kind of bolsters them a little bit. Um, the the Bucks, they, they get a good player. They get him on a discount. He's a big boy, six point six foot two, 249. He played with the Broncos last year. Um, good linebacker. Um, the Broncos let him walk. I think he was a cap casualty. He's 26 years old. Um, I think they're going to get him on a prove-it deal. If he performs well, they're going to sign this guy to a five-year extension. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like this pick a lot. I thought this was smart. Just, <laughs> so just to remind you, Rodgers Cromartie came out of retirement to come back. He's, he's going to get cut. He's not going to get cut. He's okay. not going to get cut. Okay. I'm telling you, he sticks around. <laughs> and you think he's going to be a starter? I think he's going to be a starter. You want to double down on that? Uh, <laughs> I think he's gonna be a starter. No way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's gonna be a starter on Washington, right? The same team that has that has Newman. Washington doesn't have Newman anymore. No, not Newman. Um, Norman. Norman. Yeah, I think he's gonna be a yeah, starter. He's, he's gonna start gonna... across from Norman. No. I bet he does. I bet he does. That old man. He's good. But uh, Shaquille Barrett, he, he gets cut by the Broncos. He goes to the Buccaneers. Good outside linebacker. Um, he's a starter. This guy's a starting caliber player. He's 26 years old. Like I said, he's got a lot of tread on the tires. Still young, still can play. Yep, still can play. I think this guy, like I said, if he does well this year, he gets signed to a five-year extension. I, I, I There's no doubt in my mind. I think the, the Bucks are going to be rolling it with this guy. He's going to be fantastic for them. He could be. Yep. Um, also, same division. Uh, the Saints go out and make a couple of moves of their own. Now, one of them I liked, the other one not so much. Now, the one I did like is Jared Cook. Uh, they've been looking for the next Jimmy Graham over there in New Orleans. We we know that. We know they've been looking for the next Jimmy Graham. They they pick up Jared Cook to a two-year, $15 million deal. Um, we, they tried it with Kobe Fleener. It didn't work out. Um, now they got a potential out in 2020 for this Jared Cook deal for $4 million in dead cap, which I don't mind that at all. So he gets paid 7.5. It's not bad. Um, Cook's a good tight end. Oh yeah, and, and Saints know how to use a tight end. Yep, that's it. And, and Packers I, and, and Seattle didn't. Yep, and uh, Fleener didn't work out over there. They've had a couple of tight ends that didn't work out, and and now here they are um, with Jared Cook. And I think Jared Cook's going to work out well there. They get away with with a, a decent one there. They're still paying a little more than I think they should, but you know I think. Personally, they could have gone out in the draft and gotten an Irv Smith and gotten away with it, or or maybe uh, um, I I don't think Hawkinson's going to fall that far, but maybe a Noah Fant. But in any case, Jared Cook is is a good free agent signing. Also, the Saints go out. Now, this is the pick I didn't like. 
Um, they go out and they sign Nick Easton, the former offensive lineman, the offensive guard slash center, uh, a former Viking, to a four-year, $22.5 million deal. They have a potential out in 2020 for 1.5. That's the only positive part about the whole thing is the potential out. Um, the reason they do this is because of the Max Unger um, retirement. Um, the big thing is is that Nick Easton, you're, you're signing him to a four-year, $22.5 million extent, er, deal. Nick Easton is not even worth that amount of money. This guy is not a starting caliber player in this league. He's he's he can he's got versatility. That's about all he's got going for him. He can play guard, he can play center. That's about it. I mean, he he's not a starting offensive lineman. Yeah. I, and you're I, you're I choking up. I can agree. You're choking up six and a half to this guy. I think that's nuts. I think that's I, crazy. I can, I can agree with you. It's crazy. Nick Easton's not worth that kind of money. Um, Saints go out and overpay grossly for this guy. Last season, he was hurt all year long. He didn't even start. He didn't even play a game. So Saints go out and overpay for an offensive lineman that's not worth it. Um, so boo to them. So I'm talking about the Rams. Okay. Um, so um, throughout most of the season, and, and, and I, I, I have a reason to equate it to, um, you were, um, the Rams were quietly a bad defense. Right. And you were right. But I think we can agree that Whenever Aqib Talib was healthy, they were a lights out defense. Like Talib had a very leadership presence there in in, uh, in L.A. Depends on the situation. Every time that Aqib Talib w- was in the backfield, they were top three defense. I don't know about that either, but I think secondary wise, I think they were a top secondary when they had Aqib Talib on the field. You 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 look at some of the signs they have. They they got a. They got Fowler still in a very um, light deal. Well, it's kind of lucrative. They, I mean, they he, now have uh, Eric Eric Weddle on a very cheap deal. That and Eric Weddle was a very big leadership well, item in Baltimore. I'm going to correct you. The, the Fowler deal was 12 million a year. He's worth that. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a pass rusher. That's really yeah. what he's there for. And then Eric Weddle's kind of on a very cheap deal, and and, and a guy who's can be a great leader for a defense. Uh-huh. He did it in Baltimore. Yep. Um, I think Baltimore's good. I think that's kind of the biggest loss because he's a leadership type piece there. Right. But Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews. They're on, on uh, about $4.6 million a year. That's yep. a great deal for a guy that Clay Matthews is going to help bolster that that pass rush. No, Clay Matthews, two-year, $9.2 million. They got a potential out in 2020, uh, $2 million in dead cap if they take the out. Now, the kicker about the Clay Matthews contract is that um, the, well, about Clay Matthews in general, is that okay? Refs hate him. The refs hate him. And how much is he going to get you penalized? Um, beyond that, Clay Matthews is a very good player. I think the the Packers. I think he was a cap casualty more or less for the Packers. I think they're looking to go for a more youthful route. Um, Which and, I can't blame him. Yeah, no, no, no. I can't blame him. I mean, Clay Matthews is what thirty four at this point, thirty five somewhere like that. There. So, I mean, he's seeing his way out eventually here. I think this will probably be his last hurrah in the league, and, and he'll be done. And I think he's looking for that one big last Super he'll Bowl. He'll two years in L.A., and he'll go back to the Packers to retire. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what we're looking at. But ultimately, Clay Matthews, um, if he if he wins a bowl over here with, with the, the Rams, I think he's going to retire happy man. I think he won a couple of Super Bowls, you know. So uh, I, I like this deal. I think it's going to be a good thing for them. The downside is you got two pass-rushing linebackers. Clay Matthews is not a coverage guy, and neither is Fowler. No. Let's face the fact. They're they're blitzing guys. So, I mean, if they're going to take that 3-4, they're going to blitz five every play. <laughs> but when you have a, a, a good uh, secondary like Rams do have, you can get away with it. Yeah, yeah, they could. They're going to, you got I think, Tlaib, you got Weddle, you got Peters. Um, and Peters, number two, who's, who's their main guy there? 
Oh, well, no, it was Tlaib. Well, it was Tlaib is the main guy. You got Marcus Peters and you got Nickel Roby Coleman. And then, he, and, then he, so we, and, and then and now Weddle. You, you have yep. a good um, four base there to, well, to the, keep things in check. At safety, they got John Johnson the third. And yet, then you got John Johnson the third. Yep. So you, you got John Johnson and Weddle. Then you, then you got Roby Coleman, Tlaib, and Peters. Like, yep. You're in good. You're in good hands. So if there was a team that could handle having a, a more uh, rush heavy um, edge. It's Rams. It's the Rams right now, yes. Or like a Baltimore, maybe. Can, yeah. Teams that have a deep secondary, if you have a very deep secondary, you can get away with having a, a rush five, first. six guys. Yeah. Yep. yep. And that's that's kind of what they're looking at. I, I like the um, I like the idea of this signing. I think they, they may have overpaid a little bit for him, but uh, ultimately they're going to get themselves a good linebacker in this situation. So it was oh, yeah. smart. Um, we also had uh, the Carolina Panthers go out. So Julius Peppers walks out the door for the Panthers, and they go pick up Bruce Irvin on a one-year, $4 million deal. Now, Bruce Irvin's about 31 years old. Peppers is a little older than that. Um, Bruce Irvin's a good player, and I think they got themselves a good end for, for oh, yeah. uh, that price, $4 million. We know Bruce Irvin's going to be a difference maker for them easily. I, th- I think we know that. That's going to be a factor. Um Sticking around with uh, the defensive fronts here, and Dominican Sue for your Rams here. The general manager of the Rams says Sue is pretty much guaranteed to be off the table, and uh, I wanted to talk about potential landing spots for the man. He's he's going to land somewhere with a decent contract. Well, we're we're looking for a guy. So for him, we're we're looking for a spot that not only can give him a good contract, but we're also looking for people that need to have a defensive tackle position filled. Now, Sue, we know he can play in a 3-4 and a 4-3. He's done both. He has. So and, when I'm when I'm talking Sue, I'm over here thinking, all right, he's going to maybe, like at first I thought he was going to go to Minnesota. And I kind of got excited. But then I realized that Min- Richardson. Yeah, but because Richardson was gone, and I didn't realize that Minnesota didn't have the cap space available until I really started looking at the numbers go, oh, crap, they don't have anything to sign this guy with. See, there's a, there's a lot of places for Sue to land here. Like there's a there's a there's a lot of teams that could use an upgraded defensive tackle. Um, my Ravens being another. I mean, they have a good defensive tackle in, in Brandon Williams, but you could also move Brandon Williams out to the, to the uh, right or left end as well. And so I and but that's that's just that's one team. There's a lot of teams that are struggling at the defensive tackle position, and <coughs> I think Sue's in a position where he had a good season, but also not a great season, where you could also see another uh, prove it deal. Right, and and he he. Came alive in the playoffs. That's what we saw. When we were talking about Ndamukong Sue and what he was capable of and what he needed to do, um, Sue, I mean, during the regular season, eh, questionable. I mean, I can't sit there and tell you that Ndamukong Sue was some sort of, you know, game changer throughout the regular season. But when it came to playoff time, Ndamukong Sue, I would argue, was more dominant than Aaron Donald in the playoffs. Aaron Donald didn't really do much when it came to playoff time, but did really well, uh, but he did really well in the regular season. Now, Ndamukong Sue, there are potential spots for him to land. I think Seattle could be a spot. Originally, I thought Cleveland could be a spot, but Cleveland already filled that role by signing Sheldon Richardson from the Vikings. So, I mean, that could that's a thing. Um, Indianapolis could very well be a spot. I think Indy needs a defensive tackle help. Um, you, you could be talking, um, and I, I don't think they'll take him, but they could use a guy in, in uh, New England. With a guy like an Indomitian Sue, I think he's he's still a game changer. That's the thing about Indomitian. He's he's still 
a space eater. He's still a run stopper. He's still a quarterback harasser. He's still the kind of guy that makes a difference when it comes to game time. I think Indomitian Sue is a game changer. But when it comes to uh, what Indomitian Sue can, uh, uh, where he can go and the teams that are going to have the cap space available to get him, it becomes rather limited. So going back to his time in the Rams, I think um, him signing the Rams proves that he has grown up. In a way. because So, so hear, hear me out. Uh, if you're if you're a guy like Sue wanting to um reshow the league that you're going to be this dominant guy who's can is gonna garner fifteen million a year, mm-hmm. to me Rams wasn't the place to go. No. Because at the end of the day, the Rams won a four three and three four. They run a four three. Well no, did they move one one of the guys to end? They run a three four. Okay, so even the three four, either way, you're you are always going to be outshadowed by one of the league's all time best, Aaron Donald. Yes. Um, you 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 don't you don't line up next to Aaron Donald, um, and expect to get a massive deal at, at the end of it. No, Aaron he, Donald was going to outshadow you. And now Aaron Donald and and, uh, and you know like I said, Aaron Donald did not outshine Indomitian Sue in the playoffs. He did not. Indomitian Sue was better than Aaron Donald in the playoffs. In the playoffs, sure, yeah. but Aaron Donald was still he was still defensive defensive player of the year. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and, and and that's what Aaron Donald's always going to be. Aaron Donald's going to be a first ball Hall of Famer, best arguably best defensive player of all time type caliber player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sue has grown up to the point that, you know what, I want to win. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think that's why I went to Rams. Yeah. Because Rams are one of those teams going into the season like, that, that had that chance of going deep. Yeah, and I so think... I, I don't mean, think he's looking for that massive deal anymore. I think he's looking to go somewhere he can win. Well, and he wants to win. He need, he still... Well, I I take, I take disagree with you on that. I, th- I still think the man wants to get paid. Because Ndamukong Sue, at the end of the day, even though he's growing up, Ndamukong Sue is still about who? Ndamukong Sue. True. He's, he's not a team guy. We know he's not a team guy. The question becomes, where does Indomitian Sue go at this point? Who can pay the man? Who think, can pick the man this, up? I think at this point you're waiting for the draft to end, see where teams end up, and, and then someone's like, man, okay, we, we got we to gotta the, fork the bill. Yeah, I, I think the Colts, I think Seattle, I think maybe San Fran, I think you know maybe Arizona. I think those are teams that could possibly fork over that kind of money. But at this point... I don't know that there are teams that are going to be willing to hit meet his but, price tag. But, but some of the teams that you listed, um, they're still far enough out from making a deep run that it's not even worth wasting the money on a guy like Sue who's on, is in the is in the upper years. They still got to at the end of the day, you still got to sell merchandise. You still got to sell something. You still got to give them something. You still got to give the fans something. It can't be like Detroit zero sixteen. You still got to hand them a player that's worth talking about, True. right? So I mean that's that's kind of what you're looking at. <coughs> Excuse me. Now we we also did have um, speaking of the Rams, and this is the reason for the Clay Matthews signing. Uh, so Mark Barron walks out the door <clears throat> and gets signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers to a two-year, twelve million dollar contract, um, five point seven five signing bonus. He signs on with the Steelers. I think the Steelers got a good deal here, and they got a good player here. They they did get a good deal, good player. But this is back where I go back to saying that the uh, this tells me the Rams won here. They got a better player while older. If you look at the two year deals, they got a better player for cheaper. Eh, yeah, I, I I guess I think I think Mark Barron is still the better player. Mark Barron is a good player and younger, obviously. 
But but as far as like looking at just a two year stretch, I think Clay Matthews you're going to get better value out of. I, I don't think they won. And here you know the Rams in in the article say that the Rams did want Mark Barron back, but a lot of teams were interested. I just don't think they were willing to meet Mark Barron's price tag. Uh, Mark Barron's a former first round guy. We got to remember that he was the seventh overall selection back in 2012. Um, I mean, he's a six-year guy. He's he's got a lot of ability. He had he had uh, sixty tackles. I mean, eighty-six tackles the year before. I mean, he he had three picks the year before. I, I did he decline a little bit versus you know where he was in twenty seventeen? Yeah, yeah, I can say that. But is Mark Barron a good defensive player in that they should have oh, yeah. they should have retained oh, for, for sure. I think they could have. But looking at um player versus um price, I I, I think Clay Matthews is a better guy. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I think Mark Barron is is the better player, and and I think he was a. a, a I think you know every everything you see, you see guys like Sean McVay talking about how great Mark Barron is. Um, and and to me, I think Mark Barron was was kind of one of those inside linebacker. Uh, um, he was a team captain. I would like to say. In that group, and and so I I think Mark Barron's a great player. I think, but that's not to say that Clay Matthews can't also be a team captain type role. I, for that I think I think Clay Matthews can, but I don't think he's the same player that Mark Barron is. And that's what I I don't think that they I don't think Clay Matthews is necessarily the player yeah. that they needed Take, to replace Mark Barron. Taking in the leadership role and, and accepting that portion, I think um the whole package Clay Matthews is a better guy is, uh, is what I'm saying. I don't know. I don't know. There's questions there. I don't know. Now um. We, we did have a few other signings. Speaking of guys getting signed, uh, Vikings re-signed Dan Bailey to a one-year, $2 million contract. I'm not I'm not mad about it, but I'm not excited about it. Okay? Because you hate spending more than a million on a kicker. It's not that I hate spending more than a million on a kicker. Here's my thing about Dan Bailey. Dan Bailey went 21 for 30 last year. He was not good. Um, that isn't good. No, uh, Dan Bailey. He 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 did not play up to. Uh, or I'm sorry, he's 21 for 28 rather. He was at 75 percent last year. He was not playing that good. Even um, last year in Dallas, he wasn't yeah, that good. 20 for 15. He got hurt that year, so we got to remember that. But but he but but he, but I mean, I'm, I'm not even counting that. Just looking at percentage. Yeah, 75 percent two years in a row. Um, was he in 2016? Oh gosh, I'd have to to. Go back and look at his numbers. So, I but mean, he's thirty-one years old. Dan, Dan's been declining, much like a a guy who's still available. That I'm surprised they haven't looked into. And a guy like uh, he was at eighty-four percent. Stephen Gaskowski. Yep, eighty-four. So, so his numbers have gone down. Like his career high was in 2015, and it's gone down every year. Just about yeah. Uh, is he on the decline? Yes. Do I think Dan Bailey can still be a serviceable kicker? Yes. I want to see Dan Bailey be successful with this team. Um, do I like Dan Bailey? Yes. Do I like him for the price tag? Yes. So I'm going to ask you this. Would you rather Dan Bailey at two or Goskowski at four? Bailey. Okay. I would rather have Bailey at that point. Goskowski, not only do I want Bailey because he's 31 years old, Goskowski's 35. Goskowski's distance has been declining. Um, I think uh, Goskowski, it's like you said, I don't like spending, you you like say, oh, you don't like spending more than $1 million on a kicker. No, I like just getting a serviceable kicker and making sure that he can plunk down field goals. If I get a kicker for $1.1 million that is an 85% kicker, 
And then there's a kicker like Goskowski, who I can sign that's a $4 million kicker that's going to be an 87 88% kicker. Then am I going to go sign Goskowski for that extra 3%? What is that, two field goals? Well, keep in mind, Bailey's at 75. <laughs> right, understood. So you're talking about 10%, but, uh, but I, I see your point. You know you know what I'm saying, though? And and that's and we got to remember Dan Bailey, he didn't play all year long. Yeah. He came in, in the and, uh, and what, I, week and, four. And, and I'm also in. a little sheltered by having a uh, great, great kicker right mm-hmm. now. And and I we know the Minnesota kicking woes, but uh, ultimately you know I'm I'm okay with it because of the price tag, the two million dollars. I'm okay with it. Um, last year I think he made almost four. See, I really hope Goskowski ends up with the team this year. And, I don't. And really shits the bed. Because <laughs> I'm not sure if you recall what, but I mean, we're we're we are probably about ten years away until Tucker retires. But I will not let our bet go that. Tucker's going to blow Gaskowski's numbers out of the water. Uh, I don't think so. Out of the water. I don't think so. By at least 5%. I don't think so. I don't think he will. But or he uh, has. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. But um, so now we are talking about, uh, we have, I mean, more signings in the AFC side. And all these are, are other than one, is the interdivisional. Um, the Jags making some moves. They go out and sign Chris Conley to a two-year, $4.5 million contract. They also go out Eh. and sign offensive tackle Cedric Ogbui to a one-year, $895K deal, which Eh. I thought was actually smart for the price. I mean, it's it's a cheap deal. It's okay. I don't think it's anything great, but it's it's, it's not a bad deal. Ogbui is a a good starter. Um, He's a starter. Conley, uh, Chris I, Conley, he's got a little bit of tread left on the tires. I want to see what he does. He's like a third, fourth string guy. Eh, you know, you never really know. And he he could blow up. He had he did had some couple years in the sun here. Colts also go out and they re-sign a uh, veteran safety, Clayton Geithers, to a one-year, two point seven five prove it deal. Now we got to understand he's a veteran safety, but Clayton Geithers is twenty six years old. He's young. <clears throat> he's twenty six. One year, two point seven five. Prove it deal for that guy. I mean, how hard up for cap are you? I. But what's it say about the player if if all you can get is a one year prove it deal at twenty six? I believe that he's a good enough player to be a five year guy, and I. I mean, it, it could have something to do with with their salary cap, which I mean, I'd have to look into that. Jeez, Tyler, you're gonna make me dig here. I'm just saying, if you're that young or already getting a prove-it deal, I mean, that, 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 that says something to me. Uh, it could. It could. I mean, the, the Colts, they've been very frugal this year. I'll put it that way. Um, they, they have been pretty frugal. They have, as it stands right now, they've got... He's never, ever had an interception. And? He's a safety. I'm just saying. He's a safety. He's only started 24 games over four years. Well, he's been a backup for a while. He's been injured as well. He's been a backup for a while. I think Clayton Geithers, this is a prove-it deal. I think he's going to start this year, and if he does well, I think he gets signed to a five-year extension. Mm, I disagree. I do. I think you got too much stock in a guy who's not very good. I, I think he's actually I think he's much better than, than a lot of people uh, give him credit for. I think he's very, very good. So and that's I, your wrong opinion versus mine. It's okay. <laughs> so he gets 250k in incentives on top of it, so that's a good thing. Um, the Texans now here's a guy that didn't pan out, and I think they grossly overpaid for him. Matt Khalil, the offensive tackle, signed to a one-year, 7.5 million dollar contract with the Houston Texans offensive tackle. I think tackle. they're hoping for a change. They're hoping that a change in the scenery <coughs> will prove to be a uh, 
re-blossom for the guy. I don't know if what, what they thought was going to change from Minnesota to Carolina to here. I agree with you. I mean, I Matt Khalil, he was very good in Minnesota until that final year. He crapped the bed in his fourth year, got cut, got sent to, well, I think he got traded, actually, to, to Carolina. They let him walk. He goes to Carolina. Carolina says to hell with you, lets him walk, and now he goes over to Houston, and he's hoping to, to catch on in Houston. Now, Matt Khalil, I remember when he got drafted and how excited I was and how good he was for those first three years. And then he got hurt, and he's had, he's had an injury bug. $7.5 million, too much for Matt Khalil. Far too much. Agreed. For a guy who couldn't get it done and wound up getting replaced by a turd like Riley Reef. Now, and last but not least, this one I liked. Um, the Bills signed EJ Gaines to a one-year, $3.6 million contract. I like EJ Gaines. He's okay. Good corner. Good corner, good hands. For the price, I, I, I like it. For 3.6 on a one-year deal? If Absolutely. It, if, if it was six, I'd hate it. Oh yeah, um, but at three three six, I I like it. Three point six million dollar contract. I like, I don't I, I don't is, think I I don't think Gaines is great. So I think he got paid for what he for what he's for worth. what he's worth. Yeah, and I think I don't think the Bills you know went too far on anything. I I don't think they they you know overstepped and said oh here let me let me just throw it around. No, the the Bills went out and they signed the guy and said look this is reasonable and he took it and that's good. It was a good signing. It was a good and, and kudos to EJ Gaines for accepting that type of contract. Um, you know, because most guys in that situation, oh, I'm worth more than that. Blah, 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 blah. And we would see all this nonsense going on. So, and uh, with that, Tyler, it's time for our main event. Oh, boy. You're all excited. I know. It's time for our main event. And um, now that the free agency hoopla has kind of come to an end for the uh, month of March, it is time for our fun little segment we know as... Tyler's Top Ten! Tyler's Top Ten! Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, Tyler's Top Ten. I got a good one for you. Really? It better be freaking good. We didn't have one last show. The topic this Douche. week is Tyler's Top Ten Worst Scotty Freytown Moments. Oh, well, there's plenty of those. I, that was hard. Yeah, that was a tough one. <laughs> that was a tough one. I So I was, I was going to say, I, I had to actually go for 50. Oh. With an honorable mentions of 50. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> accurate. Very accurate. But, no, Dick. Tyler's top 10 of best of free agency moves. This includes both signings and trades. Oh, boy. Because there was a lot of craziness this, this offseason. Uh-huh. It was weird. It was a weird offseason. I mean, it was, a, it was exciting and a lot of booming stuff, but it was kind of weird. Kind of a weird one. Yeah. Last few years have been weird. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, when you're when you're number one and number two receivers go ahead and get traded all over the place, <laughs> it's a weird year. Yeah, yeah. Number ten, Mark Ingram, a guy who's been just really delivering every season he's been there, except the one year he um he had that he had that one down year. Yeah, but he's here for the uh, deal he got in particular. Yeah, I like, think he the got Ravens. a very he, to me, Ravens got a steal. They did. Um, two year deal, ten million, so five million per year, and a guy who. Can arguably produce a thousand yard season for you. I think Mark Ingram is a very good running back as long as he stays healthy, um, and as long as he can stay away from being suspended. That's that's a big thing. I think Alvin Kamara. I don't believe that Alvin Kamara is a number one guy, but he kind of proved that he can possibly be a number one guy. We have you know it was too small of a sample size to tell. So Alvin Kamara gets it done over there with New Orleans. That's fine. He's going to wind up being the guy. 
but Mark Ingram goes to uh, uh, Baltimore, and and I think Mark Ingram's going to be able to lower his shoulder and do that power run style a lot better than a lot of guys. And he still has Gus the Bus over there. We got to remember that it's going to be split back over there. Yep. But for the system that Ravens are going to be going towards, I th- I think Ingram's going to excel, and they they got to steal out of a guy who can who can really move the chains. Ingram's going to be the number one. And oh that's, yeah, that's what you're looking at. He's going to be the number one. I think Gus the Bus is going to be your third down back. But I, I think uh, Ingram's going to be be the monster. Plus, Kenneth Dixon is a nice change of pace guy. He, he is. So, and 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 that's the move you make when when your quarterback's going to be a mobile type guy. You you got to you got to base run the run game. But I, I especially like like you said the contract. I thought the contract for getting a number one running back in Ingram was great. I, I think he he yep. was he was a less. If I was saying average would be top fifteen, fifteen being average. I think he was a little less than average as far as starters go. But I do think Ingram has something to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and for that price, excellent pickup. And and I and I almost put Tevin Coleman here, who has the same average um right. price per year. But I I as much as I think Coleman's gonna be great, I I think uh, Ingram's got has uh, proved more of being a consistent great back. Agreed. But I think Agreed wholeheartedly. I mean, now, granted, I think Coleman could arguably be a top five back in this league still. Yeah. No, but he. I I want to see a year when he has to do it all season. Yeah, that's the big thing. I want to see if he can do it all year long. And he could. <clears throat> it's possible. And I, and I really think he can. Now, next se- if he does next season, I'll be saying I, I'll be uh, biting my tongue, saying, "You know what? I screwed up." But number nine, Honey Badger. They the Chiefs replaced Eric Berry handsomely here. Yeah. Um. Is he a one for one? No. 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 But. Um, they're two different types of safeties. Yes. Eric Berry is a pass coverage safety, whereas Tyron Matthew is a tackling safety. Um, Tyron Matthew is much better in run support, whereas Eric Berry was much better in passing support, So, and pass coverage support. So, I mean, they're two different types of safety. Now you're going to have to go and get um, – uh, now you're going to have to go and get a pass coverage safety, really. That's, yep. that's what it comes down to for the Chiefs. Or you're building around a uh, a, a uh, run support style defense, which also could be the case. Right. So I, I think that's a great sign. It's a great replacement for Eric Berry I and agree. a very generous deal. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, very generous deal. Holy smokes, that man got paid finally. He got <laughs> paid. Um, he's worth every penny. Number eight. You probably won't like this, but it's because of the deal. I think he, I think he got overpaid a hair. But I think he's still worthy of top ten. That's Anthony Barr. Mm. Um, Anthony Barr is a great player. Deserve to get paid. I, I think they overpaid a little bit. Um, here's what, given his limitations. Here's what we're looking at with Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr. Um, so the Vikings. Here's what we learned about Anthony Barr last year. Um, Anthony Barr got torched in pass coverage a lot last year. Vikings for a long time were using him in pass coverage. According to uh, Pro Football Focus, we found that Anthony Barr was actually the, um, he was ranked a 79.9, I think it was, in far in terms of when a linebacker rushes the quarterback. He was the number five best linebacker when rushing the quarterback. So if that's what Anthony Barr excels at, my hope is that Mike Zimmer is going to see that and utilize that a lot more. Um, Anthony Barr was I thrilled with his performance last year? You know as well as I do. Absolutely not. Late in the season, Anthony Barr came on. When we were talking the last three, four games of the year, Anthony Barr showed up. 
So people were, were calling for his head early on, myself included. Um, did they overpay for him? I think so. But they still maintained a guy. And the, and the way they did it as well, they front-loaded his deal. So they front-loaded his contract so that when Cousins finally goes out the door, because that's the guy that's really taken up the majority of the cap space. Mm -hmm. When Cousins goes out the door, they can still retain Anthony Barr. They got him on a five-year extension. They still have Kendricks for the next four years, which is great because they extended him five years. I think this was fantastic. I think it keeps that defense all together for the long term. Um, you know, and you're going to need that, especially when you're down. You're you're essentially using a backup defensive tackle in Shamar Steven as your starting defensive tackle. So to me, I like the move. I think you're going to see a lot more of Anthony Barr in the backfield, and I think you're going to see a lot more of Anthony Barr used in more of a Clay Matthews type of role, rushing the quarterback and hammering the quarterback. So I, I like the signing in spite of the price, the length, and the front loading or the back loading of the contract makes it all brilliant. All right, number seven. I I, I went through these pretty. I, I changed it up a lot. <laughs> mm, seven, Landon Collins. I like Landon Collins. Another reason why your boy is not going to be a starter there in Washington. <laughs> in Washington, <laughs> well, Landon Collins is safety. Doesn't matter. He's safety. They're gonna they're gonna realize they don't they don't they don't need him. Um, Landon Collins, uh, he he goes interdivision, which I thought was interesting. You know, you can tell that what that tells me is that he's pissed off at the Giants. That's what you it tells see it me. all the time. Yep. And he those wanted, players never pan out. Yep. Well, he wanted to stay. <laughs> he wanted to stay in that division. The problem is, is the that, angry eventual players always sputter out and yeah. do nothing. Now in Washington, um, their defense is actually good. They yes, have a good is. defense. Um, they, they're the only issue that they had last year really was that they, they were lacking a quarterback and, and they're still lacking a quarterback at this point in time. And, but they weren't <coughs> for a little bit. For a little bit. They were, they were bending the division over. Yeah. They were going to take the division. For the first five, six weeks in, until, uh, Alex Smith went down. Yep. Like if Alex Smith had played a full season, I'm sorry, they, they, they had the division won by week fourteen. If, yeah. If they were was, they were they were just they were they were bending them over and just running all over them. Nobody it was could, bad. Nobody could handle Alex. It, Smith. it was it was like the uh, New England Patriots of uh now and the last decade. Like they, yeah. they were just they had the division, it was won, it was game over. Yep, Alex Smith goes down, gets Smith is a great angle. quarterback. I wouldn't call him great. Is he is he a great clock manager? Yes. Is he a very good quarterback? Yes. Is that the kind of guy that can take you to a Super Bowl and win a fucking Super Bowl? Absolutely. Um, I just don't think that, you know, when, when Alex Coll when Alex Smith went down, I, I think that that kind of spelled the end. You had Colt McCoy, who they also no broke his leg. They had no backup. And yeah. they, they, they were Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, who who was horrible down the stretch. Um, you looked at him in that last game of the season. And what I, what I here's what it tells me about, about the their defense. All you have to do is look at Week 17 to look at their defense. Look at Week 17, what they did against Philadelphia Eagles, who were red hot. They went and held the Philadelphia Eagles to 21, 24 points, something like that. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't score any points. It was like 21 nothing. It was like the most boring game ever. So, minus the Super Bowl. Yeah, minus the Super Bowl. So, you, you get them a quarterback, they're going to be great. But that defense is good, and it just got better with Landon Collins. Yes, it did. Number six, Odell Beckham Jr. I mentioned there'd be trades involved here. Yes. So this one would have been way higher. But but the reason it's not as high is Cleveland gave up a pretty penny. They overpaid. 
They gave up a lot <clears throat> for Odell Beckham, a first rounder, a third rounder, and uh, Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers. Yep. Jabril Peppers is is a good safety. Um, and and they don't people. I I hate talking to Detroit football fans because people from Michigan, when it comes to guys like Jabril Peppers, they never give the man enough credit. Um, Jabril Peppers, when he played for Michigan, was a great player. He still is a great player. He could, he knows how to tackle. He's good in run support. He makes plays on the ball. He he knows how to close on tackles. He he knows how to make open field tackles. And you're getting this guy on a discount. And he's young. He's young. If he plays well, you can extend him. Jabril Peppers is a good player. And I'm so sick of hearing all of this nonsense and all this BS about how Jabril Peppers is overrated. And I even heard that crap from the Cleveland fans when he went out the door. A lot of the, the Cleveland, oh, Jabril Peppers. You know what? Don't try and lessen the blow about the fact that Jabril Peppers uh, is going out the door. The fact is you lost a really good safety. That's just what it comes down to. You lost the number 32 overall pick. And then you lost a first and a third. You brought in Odell Beckham, and you still don't have a safety to account for it. So what are you going to tell me about this safety you lost? And what are you going to tell me about that defense? Because as good a corners as you had, you still don't have a viable safety. Because Cleveland's defense has been underratedly great over the last couple of seasons. Yeah. But the, the one benefit I hear and I, I, I stand by, and you, you, you may not agree with me, mm-hmm. but... um. Consistency and familiarity is an important thing. It is. And Beckham and Landry go back. They do. They and do. That could spell um disaster for thirty one other teams. Yep. And and so they, they go way back. They do. But I want to see if this defense is still going to be able to function without without Jabril Peppers. I want to see if this team is going to go out in that NFL draft and find their starting safety. Because as of right now, sign Eric Berry. Yeah, and if they sign Eric Berry, kudos to them. They'll have the cap space. Oh, yeah, they still do. <clears throat> well, that's the other thing. They gave up, what, $20 million in cap space to get the man, you know? So you still gave up a, even more, really. I thought they overpaid grossly for it. I think they're going to make their money in jersey sales and whatever the case may be, and that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, they got to look at cap space. they got to look at who they're going to make a safety. they got still need another corner. They still need stuff. So the Cleveland Browns are going to have to make moves. Do I like the trade? Sort of. Did they get a great player? Yes. But they still have holes to fill. And we'll, we's talk about who they should have signed in a little bit. They, yeah. Someone's on my, on my list here. Oh, yeah. But, um, number five. And this is based on him being a very good player. And so you talk about a trade being in this. you got to talk about like what was given up to. And that's mm-hmm. why Beckham was, Beckham was low. Yes. Um, but number five here, and this is why he's ahead of Beckham. Beckham's a way better player, but the Eagles gave a sixth-round pick for Jordan Howard. Yeah. They gave up peanuts on a guy who, who could be top five in the league here. Um, they got a great running back going into this season where they're on the, the revenge tour here. Number six picks notoriously wind up getting cut before the season even starts, or they get stuck on the practice squad. Number Most time, yeah. Number six picks don't usually start... They don't usually pan out into monsters. Jordan Howard was a fifth-round guy that panned out into a monster. Nobody saw it coming. Nobody saw it coming. I didn't see it coming. But Jordan Howard panned out. And um, I think the Eagles got away with with highway robbery here. You could have gone out to so many other teams and taken Jordan Howard and say, hey, 
give me a third round guy for him. A third round pick for him at the I deadline. That. I, I still don't understand it. I don't know what Bears are thinking here. And, and is Jordan Howard, did he break 1,000 last year? No. But is Jordan Howard a 1,000-yard rusher? I think he is. Yes, he is. I think he is, absolutely. I think Jordan Howard's going to be the kind of guy you're going to see um, blow up on the scene. And and uh, I think the Eagles, he runs, like I said earlier, he runs like Jay Ajayi. That's who he runs like. So they're, they're getting the same type of player. They can build around him very easily. And they just, they're going to continue going forward, doing what they're doing. I like this selection. I think the Eagles got away with one here. Going top four. Number four is C.J. Mosley, who I still stand by. Ravens should be kicking themselves. But I, at the same time, I, I understand why they walked is he got a very handsome. The price tag. Price, um, yeah. Very handsome contract. Yeah, the, the price tag is, so Mosley, good player. Um, very good linebacker. One of the best in the league at this point. Yes, he's 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 easily top ten, possibly even top five. I know he, he's um, he's definitely top five. And there's a lot of people bitching saying, "Oh, well, um, he's not better than Keekley and uh, Wagner. Why do you get paid more?" And uh, people don't look at the fact that every season the uh, cap goes up, which yep. means the price per player goes up. Yep. Um. Keekley and Wagner got paid what f- three seasons ago. Mm-hmm. The cap's gone up about ten million since then, so there's going to be more of a price tag on players. I um, believe that Mosley is one of the best. I think he's one of the best linebackers in the league. I think he's one of the best middle linebackers, specifically in middle linebacking when it comes to calling the shots to his team, because that's what a middle linebacker has to do. Center calls the shots to the the offensive line. The middle linebacker, he's the one calling the shots. C.J. Mosley does that, and he does it well. And I think he stepped up as a team leader for his team when he was yeah. over there in Baltimore. He's coming off the number the, and he's coming off by far the number one defense last season. Like, mm-hmm. like the, the, you had like you talk about your top five defense. Like, no, like, like no, it was Ravens, then the rest. Like, th- right. there was a very it was one of the steepest differences from the top defense to the rest that you've seen in recent years. I look at C.J. Mosley and I see a guy that is a game changer. Oh, That's what I oh think yeah, I think he's a game changer. Um, I think the Jets, did they overpay for him a little bit? Yes. Yes, they did. Um, but did the Jets still get a good player for five years? Oh, yeah. They got a great player They're for five set. years. They're set there at middle linebacker and, and, and your leader. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about that moving forward. C.J. Mosley was a brilliant move for them. And and even though they, they, they knew they were going to have to choke up the money, but the Jets had the cap room to throw around. Yeah, when, when you have the cap room, you can afford it. Right. It's okay. So And and they got away with it, and they need to fix stuff, and they need to do it fast. And, you know, you always have on every team, you're always going to have five, six, seven high-priced free agents or high-priced guys that you wind up picking up. Guess what? Mosley is guy number one right there. Yes. So that's what you get. So the top, so my top four was hard there. So put, I put Mosley there. Number three, Earl Thomas. <clears throat> I, so um, so people were pretty shocking all when uh, Eric Weddle got got cut. Yeah. And now, if you recall, I even texted you b- before it even happened, saying, "Hey, Weddle's probably getting cut. I'm not too upset about it." The reason being. Weddle's a great, great leader, but he is getting up there in age, and he, he's yeah. going to slow down eventually. You are never going to give him uh, some large contract. Right. Earl Thomas, to me, is an upgrade. He's younger. Younger. He's, he's 29. Um, he's 29. Um, he plays with a lot of intensity. Um, um, even as a non-Raven, you can, you've can you heard the term, play like a Raven. Right. Like There's a very, uh, very physical style you, that they want to see. Yeah. And Thomas is that guy. 
he's a very um, physical type of guy. He's he's been one of the best safeties in this league for the past uh, four or five years. Yeah. Um, and Weddle has too, but Weddle's thirty six years old. Now Earl Thomas, he's coming off of a a uh, broken leg, so yes. he is coming off a broken leg. Now we have to understand going into this year, he's in his age thirty season. So if you look, so he's been in the league for nine years. He he's been great. He's a former first rounder in twenty ten. He's fourteenth overall. We know all this. Um, here's what got me about the the Earl Thomas deal, and here's what I loved about the Earl Thomas deal. So you're looking at his age thirty season. He's making twenty two million dollars in his age 30 season, and then it's 10, and then it's 11. So he's going to be making good money. they got a potential out in 2022. You know what I like the most about this contract? What's that? Is that he's going right through his prime. That, that this is the, this is when you want a guy. 27 to 32, 33 years old. And, and you're not paying out of your ass in the back end of the deal. Right. You they front-loaded um, the contract. You're, 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 uh, this, this is the type of deal where you want to front-load it. Like his, his third, age 30 season – Arguably, around when he should be at his best, right? And his later years, you're paying him. I don't want to say peanuts, but you're paying <clears throat> peanuts for what he's worth, right? And so he he's going to be happy, and that's the thing. Earl Thomas is going to be happy, and he was all all PO'd about the the Seattle deal. Here's the thing about Earl Thomas: Earl Thomas wanted to get paid, and he wanted to get paid now. So if you look at what he's doing, Earl Thomas, he's getting paid now, like he wanted. He's going to get paid up front, so he's happy. The Ravens are happy because as time goes on, and as he regresses. Or if if he does regress, if he doesn't have the alien blood in his veins like we always talk about, you're going to wind up paying him less and less and less if that regression does occur. So and, and technically it goes up like if you if you go go 2020 to 2022, technically it goes up a million per year, but you're shooting way down from the 22 million paid up front. Yeah, and that's the thing they they took his signing bonus and they gave it to him him the signing bonus, but then they said we want that signing bonus to be tagged in 2019 as yep. opposed to 2022 it was just a really smart move it was a it was the right way to do this and and they get away with one and and it's a guy that could arguably be worth a lot more than game that too. changer game changer he was part of that legion of boom um i mean i i like this i like this signing i thought it was it was a great signing the ravens they fill that safety role they get a younger guy and if Earl Thomas continues to play at a high level, guess what? 2023, he's supposed to be an unrestricted free agent. I bet you if he continues to play at that high level, 2022, they extend him for another couple of years. And, and remember, um, Weddle was ready to retire as a Raven. Yeah. Before before they realized, before he realized they were going to cut him and, and he wanted to play still. Right. But it I, it goes to show that um, these defenders enjoy time in Baltimore. Why wouldn't you? And. Why wouldn't you're you? You're rocking on um at, at worst there'll be a eight eighth or ninth best defense at worst. The most defensive minded coach in the league, arguably, is John Harbaugh. Well, he's a special teams <clears throat> guy, but I mean uh um Hink has been has been great for this defense. Mm -hmm. And and it, the Ravens have always had a good de de defensive core for the most part on average. And like, why would you not want to be there as a, as a defender? Right. Why would you not want to be in this? This was a guy that Cleveland was looking at to re to replace um Peppers, I'm so glad it didn't happen. I'd be right. losing my mind if Thomas <laughs> went to Cleveland for all that mess. I, I don't think Cleveland would have choked up the money for him. I think the the Browns are looking to round out their team with that number two pick now that they have in the draft. I don't think they have a first rounder anymore. That So that, that second uh, rounder that they have, I think they're going to roll with it. Top two. And there's, there's something very in common about these two. Uh... Number two, Le'Veon Bell. I wanted to put him lower. 
But the Jets got a very generous deal out of him. For for his caliber player, they got a really good deal. At $13 million a year, mm-hmm. you're getting arguably the best back in the league. You guys got a steal there. I think Le'Veon, to an extent, understood that... Um, Sitting a year, he wasn't going to get yeah. some massive deal. I, I think in, in the Steelers now, what does it say about the Steelers that Le'Veon Bell didn't want to play there in spite of the fact that the Steelers offered him more money? They're in tailspin. Yeah. I think Le'Veon understands that the Jets are on the up and that the Steelers are on the down. I think Le'Veon understands that for age 27, 28, 29, and 30, he wants to be playing for a team that's on the up and not on the down. I think the Jets also understand that they have a potential out in 2021 for $4 million in dead cap. So the Jets aren't taking a huge bath if they pay him for two years. I believe Le'Veon Bell with the New York Jets is going to blow up this year. He's going to have himself a fantastic year. And when it comes to that age 30 season, he's going to get signed to an even bigger contract. And... If he would have signed for that um, rumored twenty plus million per year, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have been in my top ten. No, because of the sitting a year. Yeah, that's that's the now. Tough granted, part. last season, if Pittsburgh would have signed him, he would have been worth twenty million. But sitting a year does things, right? Yeah, I, I, I that, that was my thing. I, I think for him sitting for a year, thirteen million a year, you got away with one there in in New York. I think the Jets are probably pretty happy with themselves right now. They should be. Um, and, and they get themselves a, a viable running back, and it, it resulted in the release of a good running back in Isaiah Crowell. Now, granted, we do have to realize that Isaiah Crowell did get paid handsomely after he, he got after he played in, in Cleveland. We, we remember that. He, got, he, he played in Cleveland, got signed by the Jets, got a big deal. They sent Crowell out the door for very minimal cap hit. I think he signed a $6 million a year deal. Something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they got very minimal cap hit out of him. I think they had a potential out on it. But ultimately, I mean, they get to send him out the door, and it's unfortunate for, for Isaiah Crowell. I wish they would have retained Isaiah Crowell. I think he'd be a good backup for, for a guy like Le'Veon Bell. But, they still have Powell, right? Yeah, they still have Bilal Powell. So, that, I mean, but, but now you have two change of pace types of guys. Yeah, I, I think Isaiah Crowell is... is it was a, more of a bruiser. Yeah, I, I, I think Isaiah... Well, Powell is more of a bruiser. Um, I, I think Isaiah Crowell is, is a, a, a speed runner. He's more of an elusive back, but... Um, I, I like Isaiah Crowell a lot. I think he's gonna do well in Oakland. Um, I, I I feel bad for the guy because he's got to go out and prove it again because he did well in Cleveland. So now he's got to mm-hmm. go have a prove it deal again you know, here in Oakland um, after actually not doing half bad with the Jets for a Jets team that didn't have anything around him. And he had a couple of those games where it was like, "Wow, look at Isaiah Crowell go! Well, he's having himself a time." So oh, yeah, I, and I know you like Isaiah Crowell. He's a good back. Yeah, he's a good back. So there's that and. Uh, Tyler, we're down to your number one. Number one. Oh, gosh. So, like I said, I was taking into consideration who they are versus contract or versus what was given up in this. In this case, it was a what was given up for trade. And to me, this is by far the best number one because Oakland gave up nothing. Nothing. For for Antonio Brown. Yep. Granted, they, they, they soaked in the contract, which still isn't horrible. Um, it, I mean, it's high, but you're, you're going to pay high for Antonio Brown. So, but for actually acquiring him, they gave up, they gave up nothing compared to um, Beckham, fifteen point six a year. Well, uh, it's actually sixteen seven a year. Um, he's got thirty million guaranteed. They got a potential out for him in twenty twenty one. So you know, if I don't think he'll need it. No, I don't think he'll need it. 
Um, Antonio Brown going his 31, 32, 33 seasons. We know he's explosive. We know he can still play well. We know he's a monster. And we got to remember this guy back in the day, sixth round guy, which yeah. is mind boggling. Um, Antonio Brown is a beast. He's got great hands. He's good on vertical routes. He's good in the slot. He can do it all. He's very physical. We know that. He's been in this league for a while. Um, they're paying the pretty penny for him, but you know what? He's worth it. <clears throat> he's worth every cent. And and I think he's going to be a huge upgrade for them because a guy that didn't fit their scheme last year was Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper didn't fit the scheme there. He fit the scheme in Dallas. I think Antonio Brown is going to fit the scheme in Oakland And from much a trade better. standpoint, typically you're trading a bunch to also be taking a big contract. They traded nothing in getting right. taking the big contract. So this is the biggest steal of the entire free agency. Think about John Gruden and the type of receivers that he likes. And in from from a history standpoint, that shit, shit is MVP receiver was Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson, and you know what Keyshawn Johnson was? He was a loud mouth, but he played exactly like Antonio Brown. And guess what? Here's Keyshawn Johnson 2.0, uh, 8 <laughs> 8 whatever. Like, Here he is. Antonio Brown's Oakland. great, but typically you're giving up a shit ton of uh, value trading for a guy. But they, they played gave him nothing. They, they went and stole a, a guy rider? who was basically trying to get. Sixth rounder, I mean, sixth rounder for him. Like they were basically trying to get rid of him because Steel, because Brown didn't want to play anymore, right? For Pittsburgh, so they took advantage of the situation and traded for a guy that that didn't want to be there anymore. They 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 stole Brown from from Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I think I think Pittsburgh they didn't like the attitude. I think that was the big thing. I I don't I don't think they uh, they wanted the loudmouth around, and and I think that's what it came down to. I don't want this loud guy here. You know, that's, I, I mean, it, it's it's nonsense. Um, I, I would have never traded a player like that for that little. If I could have put Antonio Brown out there and said, give me a first rounder. If you look at what they did with OBJ, OBJ is essentially, I mean, given other than the age, OBJ is the same player as Antonio Brown. Agreed. And and you could have gotten this, uh, I mean, at the very least, gotten a second rounder for the guy. The very least. Get a second rounder. I think they got a third and a fifth. Did they not? Yeah, you're right. I, I was. I, I'm still stuck on the Jordan yeah. Howard trade. Yeah, but so it was yeah. a third and a fifth. Yeah, it was a third but, and a fifth. But so, the fact that the Browns had to give up a first and a third and Peppers right. for Beckham speaks volumes. Pittsburgh Steelers gave up. Um, they got a gave, third. Gave fifth Brown for... up for far less because they were sick of the attitude. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, I I don't know what to make of that, and I mean. The Raiders, they get away with them. They've gotten away with murder a couple of times this offseason. And they and they got a steal for the best the best receiver in the league. Right. I mean And if you don't think that Derek Carr can get in the ball, you don't know football. Yeah, you don't know Derek Carr. <laughs> Derek Carr is still a very good quarterback. We remember Derek Carr was in MVP talks a while back. Yep. So I mean there's that. Now, um Tyler, we we are finished with the, the top ten. <clears throat> last last but not least. Last but not least, um, we've got ourselves a little bit of uh, my favorite segment. Raytown's Forgotten Five. Raytown's Forgotten Five. Boo. <laughs> yeah, I, I went out and I found five guys that I thought, I figured you weren't going to be thinking about, you were talking about, and you know what, I'm happy you talked about the guys you talked about. Because I, I, it gave me a little bit of homework, to be honest with you. Uh, well, I, I like to make it hard for you. It was, it was a little tough. I found five guys that I really liked. I, um, I like these guys too. And, and I thought they were, they were really um, 
just awesome signings, especially given given you know uh, their age and given their talent. Um, and I, I feel like they were overlooked. So um, I'm going to go right into to the Forgotten Five here. So I've got a couple of honorables, believe it or not. Yeah, you just yell at me for the shit. Well, I'm going to yell at I'm not, Well, you, you won't argue with me after I give them to you. Um, honorable number one, Jawan James. Um, he Offensive tackle slash offensive guard. Really, he's an offensive lineman. He can play either one of those positions. Four years, $51 million with Denver. Now, Denver overpays a little bit for the guy. But Jawan James, 26 years old. He's a starter in this league, hands down, no doubt about it. Um, and and they go and get an improvement on their offensive line to protect your boy Joey Cool over there in Denver. So I mean, I I like that signing. They overpay a little bit, yeah. They they did. They gave him about you know I I would say what twelve seven five. It sounds like, but um, Juwan James is is going to be but worth do you, line. do you do you overpay for someone that you need to pay for a quarterback that's, that's being paid handsomely? Yes. 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 You do that. And that's why over in Minnesota, they went out and picked up Josh Klein. Uh, he's a, a starter over there in, in New England for their Super Bowl runs. He was a starter in Tennessee. And now he's going to be a starter in Minnesota. Three years, $15.5 million. So they, they actually didn't overpay for this guy. They get a starting guard, which they needed desperately. Desperately. Because we knew that that pile of garbage Rashad Hill wasn't going to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Josh Klein. Three years, fifteen point five. So they're handing him what? I mean, it's what five point one five a year. And they're um, doing it cheaper than what they're doing for uh, for for uh, James over there. Mm-hmm. But 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 still, yeah, it's it's peanuts, peanuts. And they they wind up getting themselves a starting offensive guard. I loved this signing. I thought it was brilliant. Now we have um, five signings that that happen. Um, number five. We're going to start right here in our hometown, Detroit, Michigan. We're going to go with Jesse James on a four-year, $28.5 million deal with the, the this Lions. Is, this is a nice contract for a guy that's going to perform for you. He's coming out of Pittsburgh. I, I, I like this a lot. 25 years old. Now, we got to understand he did get beat out in Pittsburgh by McDonald. We, we know that. He got beat out by a stiff arm. Yeah. He got, James is the better player. Yeah. I, I think Jesse James is the better player, 25 years old. He's younger. He's got better hands. I think he's a little more physical. He's a big guy. Um I like this signing. I, I thought, uh, other than the price, I thought the price was a little steep. Um, you're, you're talking seven million a year, um, so I think they overpaid, and, and that seems to be the case in Detroit in general this year. They overpaid for a lot of the players who got in free agency. I, I think under- it's a good contract, but I just don't think Detroit can use a tight end well. Well, <laughs> that might be the case, but it, could Jesse James be the guy? Yeah, I think he could be. Luke Wilson goes out the door. Jesse James comes in, takes over that role. I thought it was kind of smart. I, I think they, they, they got a more of a playmaker and a guy that could be a more of a pass-catching tight end in this league. Agreed. So there's that. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with the safety, Adrian Amos. Um, four years, $36 million. He goes to the division rival, Green Bay Packers. He leaves Chicago. I like um, this. It, I like he's this signing. He's a very underrated player. Underrated safety. They no one talks him. about him. But he, he's arguably one of the best safeties in the league. Yep, and they get him for a good price. They get him for $9 million a year. Um, this guy is an everyday starter. You know he's an everyday starter. He's a ball hawk. He knows how to play that role, and and I like that. He's really great in pass coverage. Um, Adrian Amos, I mean, he goes to a division rival and a team that desperately needed a safety after Ha Ha Clinton Dix went off. The yes. Door. So Adrian Amos uh, comes in. He'll be taking over that role. This will be a big one for the Packers. Um, number three, I'm going to go with Jordan Hicks, uh, former Philadelphia Eagle. Leaves the Eagles, signs a four-year, 
$34 million with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. He gets uh, 8.5 a year. This was a good signing. Hicks is great in coverage, and he doesn't blitz a whole lot, but he's a coverage linebacker. That's his job. He's good at, at hitting the runs. Hicks and Suggs sounds good to me. Yeah, that, that sounds like an awfully good uh, linebacker crew, and if I was uh, Arizona, I'd be pretty happy about the signings I got. Hicks is the kind of guy, and they, they signed him for four years, so he's the kind of guy that's going to be sticking around for a while. I think he probably ends his career in Arizona, to be honest with you. Yep. I think, I mean, he's 26 years old. He's going to hit 30. I think Arizona, he's going to play well for him. I think he gets to, once Arizona hits that age 30 Man, season, I, they're going to wind up I, extending I feel him. like you take, uh, you take Bosa this year, um, suffer with being mediocre, and take like a Herbert next year, but your defensive mm-hmm. set would be awesome. Suddenly you're scared. Hicks, Suggs. Bosa, you're there. You're ready. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be an interesting one. Now, number two. So, <clears throat> even though he was less costly, he was less of a playmaker, which is why he winds up at the number two position, I'm going with Adam Humphreys. Now, um, Adam Humphreys gets a four-year, $36 million with the Titans. Um, Humphreys is a, he's a number two right now, but... At his young age, he could transform himself into a number one. He could. And he's got good hands. He's good in the slot. Um, I think you got a guy, and he's young. He's young. He's 25 years old. So you got a young player on a good price for the next four years. You can see how he's going to pan out and see how he develops. You develop him into a, a big-name receiver, suddenly you've got yourself a, a talent. I can see it. Yep. And and really, for $9 million a year, that's not bad at all for a player of that caliber. Not at all. No. And then uh, last but not least, number one, and this is a guy I really like. I thought he was really great in San Diego. Um, Oakland goes out and signs Tyrell Williams. Now imagine, now you got Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams on opposite That's sides of nasty. the field. That's nasty. It's so nasty. Tyrell Williams was great last season mm-hmm. for, for the Chargers, and now he's over with Oakland opposite of Brown. Scary. This is nasty. Scary. Guy's 26 years old. They get him on a four-year, $44.3 million deal, so he's getting about $11 million deer a year. Oakland had the cap to throw around. Uh, Tyrell Williams, he's a speedster, and he's got great hands. He's a good vertical threat, but he can also play in the slot. Um, young guy, very versatile, very big-bodied receiver. I like Tyrell Williams. I like him a lot. I think he's just going to be amazing. And I, I think if if Brown doesn't work out, Tyrell Williams is going to wind up being the guy in Oakland. Oakland's going to be scary. Yeah. They, suddenly, suddenly Oakland became a scary entity. But they were already supposed to be. Yeah. Let's keep that in mind. I, I guess. In a way. I mean, they, they, they made moves. They they made the moves that they needed to make in order to become a scary team. I mean, they they had what they needed. They just finally got it back. Y- oh. You had Cleo Mack. You had um Amari Cooper. And then they got rid of him. Like, and then not... But now you're sitting there, you have that replaced in a way with Brown and, and Williams, yeah. and you still have three first-rounders. Yeah, so, they, I mean, they're, they're now they're... So I, I is he a madman? Maybe. He maybe might be. Not. He might be. You don't know. I mean, John Gruden, is he, is he a, a crazy person? I don't know. But the Tyrell Williams move, John Gruden, we know how he works, and we know how he functions, and he's going to go out and get a good secondary receiver like a Tyrell Williams, a young guy that he can develop into a long-term talent. I love this move, and that's, I like Tyrell Williams. That was a great, great move. It was. It was a great move. Um, and with that, we got through it all. We got through it all. Man. Two two and a half weeks worth. I, mean, I, I, I thought we'd be sitting here all day, but we got through it. Yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, so it was about two hours and 20 minutes later. 
So a couple more weeks, it's going to be heavy on the draft. Yeah, we got draft, 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 and draft, don't forget drafts coming. I'm, I'm going to start. I'm going to start hitting my my draft pretty soon here. Start hitting that draft board. Um, I'm going to give it about another week, and then I'm really going to start pumping through that that uh, top those top picks, buddy. You ready for that? It's going to be interesting. It's, this whole draft's going to be interesting. <clears throat> so much has changed. So much has happened. It's gonna be insane. One through seven, one through uh, thirty-two. The the first top, the the top picks, they're they're gonna be done uh, probably within the next week or two here. So by by next show, I should have definitely my first round intact. But I'm gonna start. Uh, I'm gonna start popping off. Actually, I might do it backwards based on um, you know how the first round is somewhat shuffled with all the pro days and everything like that. Seeing a lot of players move up and down. Guys like Montez Sweat moving up the draft. So we're, we're seeing stuff like that. Guys like uh, Devin White possibly slipping. We're seeing Jonas, Jonah Williams pop, possibly slipping down. So we, we got a lot of stuff that we're going to be looking at. Cody Ford moving up into the first round. Um, Devin Bush possibly uh, making his way into the first round, possibly even to the top ten. Ed Oliver slipping down. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of, of players that are, are on the move currently. Um, and we're also talking about Drew Locke possibly first round, like we were talking about earlier. So, I mean, the we could see some crazy stuff. I don't know, but um, we're, we're going to get in a draft. We're going to start talking about some of the top prospects. We're going to put together uh, Freytown's uh, top draft, We're gonna my, my draft selections. We're going to put it up on the Facebook page. We're going to let everybody have a read. I'll put it up on my personal page. For those of you who want to want to add me on Facebook, you're more than welcome to do that if you want to read that. Um, it will be available on the Outside Blitz page. Um, and uh, Tyler, we're all we're all good, man. That's it. We're all good. And just wanted to take a quick minute, uh, give a shout out to our sponsors at It's Your Time Massage. Um, don't forget to get your massage with Amanda. She's a tremendous massage therapist. You can check her out at iytmassage.com, or you can check her out on Facebook at It's Your Time Massage. Um, and uh, whew, man, what a week! What a what, two and a half weeks. Yep. And then and we'll be back in two weeks. Yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with uh, some follow-up stuff, our pre-draft stuff. We're also, uh, I believe, we're going to be going uh, on for the draft here. Um, is that the plan? We're going to be doing on for the draft? Yeah, I think like the 17th. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. yep. A couple so, from now. Yeah, yeah, we'll be, we'll be, or we'll do our next show, but then we're going to have the, the actual draft day. I think, Tyler, are we going live for the draft? Is that the plan? When's the draft? The dra- you don't know what day draft is, Tyler? 25th. You don't know what day draft is. the exact date. I mean, it's a 26th. 26th. Okay. <laughs> it, no, it's a Thursday. Last Thursday of every so April. So it's the 25th then. Is it the 25th? 27th is a Saturday. Oh, it is. You're right. Yeah, so yeah, you're yelling at me, but. Oh, I thought it was the 25th. No, well, dates yeah, go. It's, right. it's yeah. crazy. So, 25th. Okay, so <clears throat> last Thursday of the month. And uh, we'll, we'll check that out, but we got to go live for the draft, Tyler. It's draft day. Draft day! Come on, Tyler. It's a big one. It's a big day. Yeah, it's a big day. It's one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah, you and your, you and your uh, draft board. Oh, man, that draft board gets crazy. <laughs> Hopefully Cleveland doesn't trade up and down the board like it has for the last five years and screw everything up again. Yeah, it'll be Arizona. <laughs> God, I hope not. Anyhow, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. And uh, for myself, the fabulous Scotty Freytown, and the tenacious Tyler Dean, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>